Welcome to episode 182 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, we're talking about 10 out of 10 games you can get for about $10. Prices have been going up, especially in the past couple years, and if you've been hyper-focused on the trendiest parts of the market, it seems like all the best stuff is just unaffordable now. So for this episode, who knows, maybe a first in a series, we're going to look at games that are cool to collect that cost almost nothing. Also, someone lost their audio for the show, so I had to use the backup Skype audio for about two-thirds of the show. But the last third has better audio quality. So tell your mom about the show, give us five stars on iTunes, and let's go. another episode of collector's quest i'm tyler here with johnny returning guest stefan who we're actually going to have now as a permanent host on the collector's quest podcast all right let's settle down after (laughs) multiple weeks of like (laughs) medical problems and last minute cancellations yeah let me uh let me tell you uh kidney stones not the jam uh no they're stones they obviously aren't jam yeah they well they turned my kidney into jam eh Oh, all right. yeah. I heard you yeah. thought that you were afraid of exercising afterwards because you thought your kidney would explode. I did. Uh, irrational fears are a thing that I suffer from, and uh, I get into my own head sometimes. And I legitimately was like, if I exercise today, this was like two days after I passed a two millimeter kidney stone. And I was like, uh, is, is my kidney going to like actually rupture? Like that was that was that was my fear. Uh, unfounded. I have exercised several times since, and uh, so far, knock on wood, uh, my kidney has not exploded. You know, pervasive thoughts are great. Oh, yeah, the best. Well, we are happy that you are doing great. Stefan, what's yeah. going on in the world of video games? And uh, buying them to put on shelves. I mean, I don't know. I don't do that anymore. God damn it. <laughs> Johnny, give us some content right now for the listeners. Oh, you want me to tell you what the show's about? Are you trying to transition us? I wasn't trying to transition, that but it seems like cool. we have nothing to talk transition. about. So we're going to get right into it. Because I, I was like actively talking about my medical condition and my irrational yeah, I, I didn't want to linger like, on your hey, two we millimeter have kidney to stone. Talk about, so let's just like, let's just go. Tyler's like, let's get to the business. And then I'm like, oh, you want to get to the business? And he's like, like no, no, I wanted to keep talking <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> it's good to be back good to be back guys hey hey uh stefan it's good for you to be back <laughs> is that what i'm supposed to say well but, that, but the, the long pause and this <laughs> aggravated sigh did not yeah. sell it <laughs> oh well tyler can fix that in editing right <laughs> i'm just uh, cutting all of this out it doesn't matter no, please don't no this is no this is gold. Ty- tyler always says he's cutting it he he doesn't have enough time to edit the show. When Stefan goes back and re-listens to the show, he will he will know I cut it. I feel like oh. it's just, Tyler always said he doesn't have time. I just I just I don't I don't maybe he's just like not he just doesn't know what he's doing. But he just says like, hey, I don't have time, so that we think he's like very skilled. And uh, that's my really, strategy just, at work. If you just you just always look busy, <laughs> then it looks like you're really competent. People are like, oh man, you that guy's doesn't have enough time. Yeah, um, pro tip out there, just block out your calendar, except for like 10-minute chunks in between hours, and people will just be like, that's the busiest guy in the world. Yeah, except for like, just make sure like your supervisor can't actually see what <laughs> your calendar. Yeah, 
Yeah. Pro tip, uh, if uh, if your company uses something like Microsoft Office and they set you up, they can do it so, uh, you know, boss people can see what what's on that appointment or what meeting that is. Yeah, so when you make you the uh, the appointment of I hate my job, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you maybe you don't name it that. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen some pretty interesting ones. So <laughs> usually oh. I just put block. It's very safe. That's my pro okay. tip to you. Um, yeah. And and if anybody asks about it, I just say, hey, look, I just needed some like some quiet time I, to finish this thing. Yeah, I would say. Also, that's a fair strategy at work. Like, if you feel like you're overwhelmed and can't get things done, do block out your calendar so you can do those things. Because I get the curse of, like, meetings. Just, hey, we're always going to put you in a meeting. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to work. And meetings only generate more work for me. So then I have to create fake meetings to do the actual work that all the meetings demand. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so there's your uh, professional pro tip, your your office working yeah. pro tip for the day too. I mean, I have more more life tips if you guys want them, but we can save it for later. I don't know. I'm just surprised that I'm I'm the person on this show who doesn't create fake meetings on their work calendar with strategic names to not. That's because you there. you're always in these like you're like, hey guys, I've been in this meeting uh, for 18 hours. Like you, you're, yeah. I've got real meetings calendar, taking up my time. I don't need fake your calendar. Meetings just like up my seems time. to be just this one consistent meeting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what what your work looks like, but if someone sees an open slot in my calendar, they're like, "I'm gonna jam a meeting in there," and I'm like, "I have to work. I, I have like goals and ninety day uh, markers I need to hit. So if I just leave calendar space open, people will jam things in there." So, okay, so true story. Uh, last, was it last time I had to duck out because of a work reason? Uh, now, d- d- again, Tyler is that person who uh, tells us all the time that he has been like working for 18 hour days or like, hey, I haven't slept in, t- slept in two days and like is like sleeping under his desk and all this crazy shit. So, uh, so I, this was a, this was, I think, a Saturday. And I was like, at the last minute for the podcast, I, uh, I, I was like, hey, I, I got to duck. Like things were exploding at work. And if you, if you Google our earnings call, you'll probably you can probably figure out that I was having a bad day. And uh, and Tyler, Tyler told me that that didn't feel like good work life balance. <laughs> I was like, what? it was a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking like, about? Yeah, you know, you I can work 18 hours a day, but not on Saturday. Balance, Tyler. Uh we should not be people should not compete to see who has the worst worth work life balance. That is true. Everyone should be striving to have I a have I have an excellent work life balance. Thank you very much. Uh, it was just a it was just a hard day. Tyler, I want to know uh, as we're being so combative with one another, um I would like to actually just take a moment and uh, be thankful that we have a podcast and that we get to have these jokes with one another. And that we get to do this episode. Maybe you could tell us what this episode is. Uh, Well, Johnny, I was just thinking about how thankful I was that there are really cool video games out there that are just sitting really cheap. Actually, I was mostly thinking that last episode we mentioned this like, oh, we should do like 10 games for $10. And then immediately here we are at the next episode. And it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So... And then we can shoehorn in a Thanksgiving theme of being thankful that these games exist. 
yeah, I'm thankful that you can buy a bunch of games that are awesome and could be collectible for under $10. So that means if we did like five or 10, you could, uh, for under $100, you could get a pretty sweet lot of games. I, I noticed you said uh, could be collectible there, Johnny. Um, are you, are you suggesting be. that people undervalue popular stuff? I do. I do. And also, people say, ah, oh, those aren't collectible. They aren't, they might not be collectible now, but now is a, is a paradigm that will shift into uh, long ago or back then, you know, sure. it won't always be now. It will uh, one day be the past. So, and you would be surprised how things shift in the past. Like once upon a time, a black box Mario uh, was just a game that you know pretty much everyone just went and bought, and it wasn't that big a deal. What's a butt of time two years ago? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Collector's Quest when I bought my first copy of, of my first complete copy of Super Mario Brothers. I bought it for like thirty dollars. It was a hang tag. <laughs> like, yep. Just saying. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's two ways to look at like these super common games, or at least inexpensive games. There's the games like Mario Kart 64 that was $10, maybe more like $15 at some point for a cartridge of that. And now I don't know what it is, $50, $60 maybe. Uh, and everyone looks back and like, oh, man, I should have bought it when it was $10. And it's like, but it felt like it was so common, even though it's something of this like continuing popularity. Everybody loves Mario Kart 64. But then there's also the stuff using a comics analogy like of uh, Infinity War or Batman Nightfall, where there's just so goddamn many of those books that they'll they're five dollar books forever, and that's great too. That some of like the best stories ever made will never be expensive. I think either way, it's cool to have that stuff. Right. Well, and the other thing is, there's so much of that stuff because people want to own it. It's still today, like other people got rid of it, but it's not like less people. Well, I can't say it's not like less people are being born into the world. World birth rates have been down, but in general, more people are uh, new people are coming into the world, and um, you know they may want collectibles too. And if they're going to find stories, they're not going to find the worst stories first. They're going to find uh, the best ones, the ones that were mass produced and you know are easily accessible. Is it true that uh, birth rates have been down over COVID? I just kind of, I, I, I guess I, I just assumed we were going to get another baby boom. I don't mean over COVID necessarily. I mean the world birth rates uh, down in general over the last couple of years, if I'm remembering right. Millennials don't want to have babies, Johnny. That's we're true. too busy with our avocado toast. Is that what, like, isn't that a joke from like 10 years ago? Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's still used. I'm I'm using it ironically to make fun of the people who used it non-ironically a long time ago in an ironic sense, Johnny. I have used recently <laughs> avocado toast, like for real, has has become my like dish on the menu to like judge a restaurant by only Ew, because why? like I feel like it is impossible to fuck up that bad. And if you do like that's a red flag. That's I mean my, that that's, that's like saying if you make a bad peanut butter and jelly sandwich I don't want to eat at your restaurant. Well, it's kind of, it's which kind is of not like, how I want to judge a restaurant. I would I would hope to judge you on greater complexity than that. See, but for me it's like also like like uh, Italian restaurants like spaghetti and meatballs is a good staple, right? Like if they can't get that right then like what the hell? Uh that that that's sort of along the same lines. The, the now that I'm now that I'm Most, dating a vegan, 
um, avocado toast is often on our menus. <laughs> and uh, so it's become my uh, my judgment dish. Oh, man. My judgment dish is vegans. <laughs> I won't go into it, but I, I don't like vegans confuse me. Uh, I understand vegetarians. <laughs> I don't understand vegans necessarily. Um, I, I, under, I understand situational veganism, but uh, just blanket veganism is is confusing. Because like if you owned a chicken and raised it well, the chicken will lay an egg. And then if you don't eat the egg, then it's waste. I mean, that's fair. So like it gets it gets confusing. Like same with like if you have a cow with milk. I understand that not everyone has like a mini farm and then th- thus they cannot live that lifestyle. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, a- if you're just promoting animal fo- animal welfare, it's like, OK. But when you're just like all meat is murder and you're like well eggs I, i'm not murdering a chicken to get the egg They're like eggs are murder you're like well what, what what is happening um not that that's actually what vegans do but I, i've had some i've had some crazy conversations uh with some vegans I said that's fine what you go put whatever on your menu you like i don't actually care what you eat it's just um sometimes it is confusing i also work at a place where there's a lot of vegans so you can get into <laughs> these kind of conversations uh whether you want to or not that's so, right. Um, yeah. So Sorry, I, uh, I, I yanked us off track. And so um, yeah, no, I, I apologize to our vegan listeners for having to put up with Johnny complaining for no reason on something that doesn't affect him. Um, oh, Johnny, uh, man, would uh, you- <laughs> what a millennial. You want to go give everybody a hug now, too? Oh, man. Oh, oh that's going to be confrontational for Gen X. Don't usually stay out of everything and just let us fight with the boomers. Yeah, I mean, don't you have like some TikTok audio you can play in the background <laughs> to describe how you feel rather than saying the actual words out of your mouths? Uh, I, d- I don't have a retort right away. I'm going to have to concede this one to you, and I'd like to be non-confrontational from this this moment on, Johnny. Wait, uh, is okay. Tyler on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Tyler is on TikTok. Is he? Tyler, what's your TikTok? He's doing, he's doing all the no, videos I'm not. on TikTok. <laughs> There's not like, I, I thought about being like Retro Gem Miner, but no. Dude, oh my God, why is that not a thing? Right? Because guess what? No, there's no audience there. <laughs> my, my audience is old. Yeah, because you're not serving them the content. I'm just saying there are people out there doing TikToks about VHS tapes. You could make it. Yep. There's an audience for VHS tapes. There's an audience for everything, Tyler. Yeah. You know what? I, I have a podcast to do right now where I'm going to deliver some hot content into my listeners Ooh. ears, though, Johnny. OK, starting okay, out. Let's, let's, with your first $10 game that you should put in your collection. We're going to start with a, a bang here because I got four games out the gate, Johnny. All of okay. them complete in box, Bangers. cardboard box for the Atari oh, shit. You 2600. Got, you got CIB cardboard? Whoa! For under, t- Whoa. under $10. Under, so, okay, to give the rules here, it was it's a $15 limit. It was games around $10. I didn't want to do games that are like $18 because that, that's pushing it. But all these games are ten to fifteen dollars. They they will if you created an average, it would be ten dollars. Sure. Let's go. Also, we mostly just looked at like eBay sold listings. Yeah. Just and I mean, it, you know, I mean, if we're really gonna get very, into it, like shipping scientific. this cardboard, if you really want like nice ones, you probably have to get them at a convention or something. Because people who, if you buy something for twelve dollars shipped on Atari twenty six hundred, you're gonna get that in a bubble mailer. That sucks. But uh, I don't know, buy in bulk. Like buy these four games, Johnny. Let me let me get into this exciting bundle of games I'm going to talk about. Uh, 1978 brought us Space War. Me, 
Well, it brought shut you up, me in 1978. Uh, Space War is based on uh, the actual Space War, the PDP-1 game, uh, ported to Atari uh, 2600. I thought you meant it was about the war that the, happened in the, space. Act, the, the actual Space, space War. war. <laughs> no, this is this is Space War, two words. The actual game is Space War, exclamation point. This is a bad port of Space War. I don't know if there were hardware limitations or something. It's a janky two-player shooter, I think. I don't I don't think there's a one player mode I don't remember. But anyway, it's only on this list because of the historical significance. Uh it is I technically think this is the first console port. I know the source code was like published in magazines that you could literally type into a computer, like an Altair 8080. I don't know if that would count as a release of the game. I would say not. Johnny, next game, the historic breakout made by Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs were Steve Jobs tricked uh, Woz into making the circuit for breakout and then didn't pay him enough for it because uh, Steve Jobs is kind of a jerk. Uh, but he's dead, though. So, you know, jokes on him. Yes. <laughs> so breakout uh, intended to be sort of a one player pong. If I could fit pong on this list, I would have. But I think pong sports was more than fifteen dollars. But Breakout was an inspiration for Space Invaders, also less than $15 on Atari. Also a very important game. Uh, also, obviously, I, I think it's the best-selling game on Atari. It might be that or Pac-Man. So it's it's super easy to find. I think this is the, again, I think all of these are the first home console versions of these arcade games. So, I mean, yes, you could go out and buy a Space Invaders cabinet. But if you just want, like, a taste of the history, you know, that $10 taste that you can get, you can get the Atari version. Johnny, putting it all together, less than $15, you can get Asteroids on the Atari 2600, which takes elements of Space Invaders, it takes the hyperspace element of Space War, and puts them together into another hugely influential game that costs almost nothing. I think putting these games together for $10 each and having a little story like that, I think that's a super cool thing you could do, especially since they're complete in box cardboard games. That is cool. That That's an interesting list. Hmm. Uh and then so for all of these, I would just say, so go to videogamevariations.com and you can go find those first prints because most of them are super minor variants or like date codes on flaps. And it is not worth describing them in audio. It's also uh, not worth collecting them. So uh, no, they're great. I mean, unless you're going to go get a breakout cabinet, which I don't know how much that is. I'm guessing it's a little bit collectible, so pretty expensive. Just go get it for $10 in Atari. Don't get super breakout. I know super breakout's a better game that original also my uh my fun fact for this uh when breakout the arcade game was originally made and atari went to copyright it or patent it i forgot which one uh they tried to copyright it and it was deemed to be like not artistic enough there like wasn't enough there to be worthy of copywriting uh but then that case went to the supreme court and ruth bader ginsburg was like video games are art what are you talking about so Shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the first American politician to recognize that video games are art. Also dead. Also, she's dead. I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to keep track of people who are dead in Thanks. this conversation. Okay. Yes. Uh, Steve Jobs dead. Um, yes. Waz still kicking. Yep. Cool. Hmm. All right. So go buy some Atari games. All right. Are, are you going to go through the rest of your five or did you just want to get out that block of games? I just want to get out that block. We're starting with the bang. We've got four games in a row. All them ten dollars, Johnny. Wow, wow. Can keep talking later? Oh goddamn. Yeah, he's going to be allowed to talk later. Stefan, 
why don't you give us like two of yours right now? Cool, because cool, like give I us your two earliest to shoehorn ones. a bunch of crap no one cares about into one thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> shots fired. Wow. Shots. I don't know. Stefan came I'm, back I'm, mean. I know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tyler. Uh, sure. Hey, so um, I kind of stuck to um, like the Xbox, Wii, PS2 sort of era, except for I get, I do have a PS1 game, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, first one I think I'll talk about is Burnout 3 for the Xbox under $10. Uh, we were trying to figure out what happened to this franchise. I guess Criterion just kind of evaporated and then uh took that franchise with them because uh i'd i'd love uh i'd love some more burnout i think what paradise was the last one we got somebody keep me honest on that i mean technically the need for speed games that they made were pretty much burnout games but yeah that was the last big one but uh burnout 3 fucking fantastic game for the original xbox um one of my favorite uh arcade racing is that the genre arcade racing games uh ever made um and uh yeah under 15 bucks and if you haven't played any uh burnout games at all uh i think you will be pleasantly surprised uh, even if you don't like the racing genre it's really more about uh blowing shit up than uh, than actually racing and it's uh does it's sort of like um i don't know like a destruction derby sort of game but mixed with like actual racing um and uh it's very cinematic. It's like supposed to be kind of like playing a Michael Bay car chase scene, uh, where you you set up your you you kind of set up the 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 cars for the 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 biggest accident you can kind of make, and uh, there's buttons to blow shit up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, great franchise. Love it. Uh, Fifteen bucks or less. Actually, I think this one was like eight bucks or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 good stuff. And uh, it's the best burnout game. It is because traffic checking ruined revenge and paradise is overrated because I don't want an open world racing game. Yeah, I got too sandboxy. It's like, I don't don't need that. I just I I don't like 75 percent of the time I played paradise. I was just driving around the city, which is fun. Like, I love that aspect of racing games, too. But I never actually wanted to start a race in Burnout Paradise. Yeah. So like paradise for the for the audience who hasn't played the game. uh, Paradise is is uh, they sort of try to layer in the like overworld GTA map. Um, and give you a more sandboxy experience, but uh, it was dumb. Uh, I don't need all that. Uh, just fucking set up my awesome crashes, and I'll blow shit up, and it'll be great. I think Forza Horizon does the Burnout Paradise thing even better because I feel I don't feel like I feel like I want to play the races in Forza Horizon, but I also enjoy driving around Forza Horizon. I don't know if you played those games. Haven't. No. Oh, all right. Well, good it, pick. Does it does it like focus around actually like? blowing stuff up like no uh, no Forza, i just thinking it's a good way that they've combined sort of the open world driving with actual races that you want to do uh, mm. as opposed to paradise where i never felt like i actually wanted to race as a bonus if you do like the burnout stuff i would also recommend a game called split second not only because it's good but also because i worked on it whoa so, uh, when you said game that out. was like playing a movie that's like oh you're talking about split second yeah it's very very similar but more a little bit more racy like like where it like burnout is way more crash and much less race uh and these ones are like women dressed in scantily clad outfits racy no not that kind of racy oh <laughs> uh, but it's actually cars dressed in uh scantily clad oh like yeah. ew you just like anamorphized That's like right. the cars movie and made them like now i'm just picturing picturing lightning mcqueen and lingerie I mean, and i'm cars, cars do wear bras um <laughs> anyway they do uh 
but yeah, so split second is much more uh, racing than it is uh, blowing stuff up. But you still get to blow stuff up, and uh, and I'll sign any copy you put in front of me ever. So there you go. Uh, sign that game all day, all day. Stefan, what about the Burnout Three ESRB variant? I don't care. Okay. All right, we're not going to tell anyone <laughs> about that. It's okay. Do you want to tell them about it, Tyler? I don't know it. I don't know it. I'm desperately Googling over here, Johnny. I am almost positive there uh later releases of the game. There's a rarer later release of Burnout 3 for Xbox, at least, that has like a minor change in the ESRB on the back. Uh, do you know who would definitely know this? Dan Gomez. But Dan I can't Gomez. find his, his Instagram post where I'm almost positive I learned this. But there is a variant that no one cares about. Um, it's so, probably because he did that horrible thing he does and archives it. Oh, dude. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why? I'm like, <laughs> you archived good information so no one can see it. I, I mean, he's got reasons, but like, like, ah, I was going to re-reference that. I saved it. And now it's gone. So when there, the, uh, there was the anniversary of the Xbox, like what, this last week. And, uh, and so I saw all these other people posting uh, about like, crazy rare ass content and i thought about dan gomez because i i just i always thought that like dan was just like the only guy doing this stuff and then i'm just like oh there's like there's like other people who are like really into this and i'm like i wonder if he hates those people what <laughs> why would he hate them you you think know. there's some like intrinsic competition and therefore he hates them i do yes that is that is that is, is that how theory. you feel when you compete with people you just yes. hate them all of them art collectors hate every one of them they're all terrible people. Well, so well, in I the mean, art collecting world, it's true. different. Hold on. <laughs> the art collectors are all terrible people. <laughs> that, I mean, that doesn't, that's full stop. And then yeah. there's this other yeah. thing you're doing yeah. where yeah. you're competing with them. Every time art collectors buy something, it's like saying, fuck you. You can never have this. <laughs> when Dan right. Gomez is like, yeah. check out this burnout variant. It's kind of uncommon. It's like, oh yeah, let me go check eBay. I'll go get one. All right, Dan, at me and tell me if you hate all the other Xbox collectors. I'm <laughs> desperate to know. I love everyone else posting weird stuff and variants on Instagram because I want to steal all of your information. I created a whole Halloween tag, hoping people would join up and show me things I didn't know about. Please. I'm not mad at you. Show me what I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I can't find this burnout three variant, but uh, it's there. Look at a hundred copies of burnout three. You'll probably find it. (laughs) Totally worth it. hundred (laughs) percent. And it's like the late print kind of uncut. I don't think it's that rare. Like it's a variant no one would ever care about. Yeah. It's like, it's like zero monetary difference. Absolutely. Oh, this will never have a monetary difference. (laughs) (laughs) I I love my uh, long way of saying, uh, go play burnout. Okay. Honestly, go play any of them. They're all, they're none of, none of them are like bad. They're just like different. Mm. They're just not Mm. good. Different levels of good. Someone didn't play the burnout DS game. Is what that sounds uh, like to me. That's fair. <laughs> that yeah. game is awful. Really? How awful is it? Ugh. Ugh. Is it, is it under ten dollars? <laughs> it would have to be. If Burnout Three is under ten dollars, no, it's actually it's a Nintendo game, so you know you never know actually on that. That's right. It's like a co- co- platform exclusive too. All Johnny, right. do you want to tell us about a game that people might actually care about? Sure. Um, I'm going to talk to you about Bubsy. All right, never mind. Y'all I'm going to go on to my next game. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, no one. You you say that, but how many Bubsy games have there been? They're still making Bubsy games today. Are they? Yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> also, you are Bub- correct. Also, Bubsy is historically important because it was the game that triggered the lawsuit for Sega uh, 
verse and uh, what's called accolade versus Sega about whether those they could make those unlicensed games, which then eventually got, you know, the accolade games in their like uh, computer uh, style boxes, you know, to be licensed games later. I'm I, see. I'm a hundred percent in now. You just gave it some historical relevance, guys. Why are we not buying Bubsy? Right, and there's a fun one. So because the lawsuit happened around this, the, the Bubsy, like you can find it in a box in varying conditions, like one or two, but you can get one, and it's like between eight and fourteen dollars. I mean, it can be as high as like twenty five dollars. You know, conditionality um, of this, but there's a cool variant to buy, and. The variant you, you can get is the one that comes, it's, you know, that computer style box, like I said, but it has the Sega, the Sega seal of quality sticker on it. So, and it says, you know, watch out for a TV special. So Bubsy also had a TV special. So that's how much Bubsy action was going on back then. So you got to show, you have something that has cross-cultural appeal and you got this fun version with uh, that wasn't a licensed game that then they put stickers on to make it licensed. How good is that? I'm I'm so in on this, Johnny. That is such a good variant. That's actually kind of interesting. Do you oh, know where you can he... learn about that variant, Johnny? Where? In the, the video game sage Sega Genesis complete in box contents thread where some guy named Default Gem posted it on January 27th. Did you post that on January 27th? I sure did. I'm sorry. I, I was completely. That. I completely ignored what Tyler said and focused in on the fact that you just made a warehouse reference. Where the warehouse? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the '90s and '80s. For uh, I'm an old man. I can make that old was, man references. That was a there you go. Real weird deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you about Long John Silvers and their hush puppies? Uh, I don't know. Like, would you? I'm sorry, this is not nearly as funny as I am giving it credence. Yeah, I, w- uh, to all my younger listeners, I have no idea what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, you're in the same boat. Just ignore old man Look, John. There's like there's a bunch of dudes in their 40s right now that are chuckling at this. They're like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I did love Long John Silvers <laughs> and their catfish meal. Those host puppies were off the hook. Uh, <sighs> old, so they say things like off the hook and the bomb. That's right. Um, Unleashed. Don't like it. That shit was dope. Always a phrase I never embraced. Gross. Not uh, into it. By the way, Burnout Legends for the DS and the PSP are under $15. So, uh, so they can say. I think the PSP one was pretty good, but I could be misremembering. I conflated them. Oh, just a little more on that Bubsy one. The The one with the seal of quality is a lot harder to find. So, you know, if you see that one with the seal of quality on it, grab it. Yeah. And then use some like Gugan, take that off and just. Yeah, clean Great the stickers sticker. off your boxes. Yeah, fuck stickers. Get them out of there. That's really less than $15. I mean, you said it's condition dependent, but yeah. Yeah, right, I mean, that's there, like it's a cardboard box game. It's unlicensed. Yep, I, it, it, it's like I, I see some that have sold for under 15 and there's like one that's $12 right now. Uh, it's not great, but yeah, it's there. All right. Basically, I wanted to talk about this Bubsy, and it's like pretty collectible, and you're not going to find too many Genesis games. And if this was just two years ago, I could have talked to you about Sonic 2. Or Sonic the Hedgehog, current yeah. $600,000 game. <laughs> so, anyways, I mean, we can probably still talk about Sonic 2 in box if you want to talk about uh, one of the best games ever that, like, just bonus content that you can still find for probably $15 if you're getting a deal. 
Like, go buy a Sonic uh, do, 2. If do you, you really have, have to hunt for a $15 Sonic 2? Like, I know prices are up, but if there's there's some things that I just feel like have to be inflation immune. I I feel like it's like crested. I think there are a bunch that have crested over the $15 marker. Not like they're like between that $15 and $20 now. All right. I mean, if you're going to get one, get a nice one, I guess. Yeah. So anyways, Bubsy, I, I just I thought that was an interesting one to just kind of talk about. It, it's it's really cusping on that on that upper price range. There's going to be a lot of good stuff I can talk to you about later. But yeah, good Bubsy. I just thought that was a, a fun one to bring up. You got my other bonus Genesis one is no one talks about this game enough. But Columns was like a really decent answer to Tetris. Mm, and it's fun and good and it's not expensive and there are so many different prints of columns there's like the regular one there's the classics version there's the classics in the cardboard box there's like a ton of different ways you could collect columns if you were into columns was it a pack-in am i making that up no there's there's one that there's a uh pack-in in a red box i'm pretty sure Uh, so it should should have that not for resale sticker on it yeah, there's there's multiple not for resale stickers. They've got the long white one with red text on it, and then they got the circular one that's more common. Uh, go get your columns. As, as I think the so the cardboard box columns. That's one that like that. I feel like that's a game that Daddy Mulk would be like, heads up, everybody. There's a cardboard box columns Sega Classics on eBay. That's a hot mm-hmm. variant. That was it really hard to find variant. when I was. Yeah, it was, and, and it's been a hot variant, honestly. Yeah, no, it. Uh, People did not know it existed. And then I like pulled one out and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, th- I think that was one of the ones I had to hunt when I. Um, yeah, when I, I, I told you that was going to be one of the difficult ones. Yeah, I did end up getting it, but but it was rough. Yeah. And the, the, the Battletoads one was rough, too. Battletoads, also a difficult one to find. Battletoads can cost you upwards <laughs> not, of $100. Not $15. Now. Yeah, not $15. Oh, there's a. For you guys who don't know, there's a, a, a Sega Classics columns in cardboard box. Right now, uh, on eBay. The last Super time we pointed out something, it had like sold by the end of the show. Although it wasn't a seventy dollar budget label. Was it one of us? <laughs> no, no, count. I forgot. No. I forgot what we were harping <laughs> on. We were talking about something that was too cheap, and then it was gone, and it made it look. Uh, like was it a Batman to... game? It was a Batman game. It was a Batman GBA game. That was oh yeah, it was one of those Batman GBA games. Like, why is no one buying this? It's clearly yeah, like, the best deal out of any game we've talked about. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a couple. There's a, a really nice complete column one. That's like 150. So they're on eBay. People are on to that being like a hot variant. Unfortunately. Uh, At least but just go like get your regular ten dollar version of Columns uh, yeah. puzzle game. No one likes as much it's a it's a fine puzzle game columns inspired a lot of like you know the thing with gems they were the first one doing it with the gems like come on columns columns is an important game people don't give it enough credit it also had three was our call was columns two on the uh on the uh not the master system oh my god uh game gear the other master Mm. system um yes yes i think you're right and then, but it was Calms Two. Was that on the Genesis, or no. did it just go straight to Calms Three? Went straight to Three. A game yeah. with very bad box art. Terrible, awful <laughs> looking. You're like, I don't know what I'm looking at. You're like, is this a scepter or like? And then they they like had a perfectly fine box art. I say perfectly fine, and I mean not good. And then they're like, how could we make it worse? <laughs> and like, 
it's like a, a platform with like gems in between some columns because, you know, the game is called columns. So why not put some on the, the game? And they're like, yeah, maybe we could put some really bad looking gems all over it. Cause that makes sense. Cause they're like falling and they're like, all right. But I feel like it still needs like one more really stupid <laughs> element to make, to make everybody hate it. What if I just put a guy in like a yellow shirt and like, that like acid tone blue jeans. That's definitely very nineties and eighties. And he'll be like expressing is like, I don't know why the designers <laughs> chose to do this either. So fucking bad. Just, <laughs> it's so one of the bad. worst box arts. And he's like happy about it too. He's like, this is very confusing. I don't understand this decision at all. I'm guessing that's the guy who designed columns. That's well, gotta I be. A- you do not hire that guy. <laughs> that is yeah, not this a- guy. Like he is like an eighties and 90s dad if there ever was one like check out the dad shoes on this guy it's ridiculous also like they like you would say they photoshopped him on but that's not really what they did because they like this is like old newspaper editing where they like cut him out and set him on the images look there's no blending at all it's terrible yeah no that somebody did that with an exacto knife all the art doesn't make sense together it's like all different stuff it like wasn't all done in the same thing. It's like, it's, it's so bad. I don't understand it. Tyler, make sense of it for me. Uh, no, I, I, if this hasn't been, I know angry video game nerd did like a series on bad box arts and I don't think this was in it and looking at it, it's impossible to imagine why not. There is however, a Reddit thread of people like who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a fair question. I, (laughs) I forget about columns three and then I see this stupid box and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is one of the dumbest things. It makes the phalanx, uh, cover look really nice because at least that's like a consistent, well done image. Even if it's confusing, it has like proportions that make sense because it's mostly just a photo of a guy. This is like a guy that is clearly too small photoshopped on an animated image. Anyway, Johnny, I want to get out of, uh, I want to get out ahead of Arata here. Columns 2 is only in arcades. Columns, so the oh. entire series is an arcade series ported to the Genesis. Uh, but Columns 1 and 3 are both on Genesis and Game Gear. Columns 2, arcade exclusive, Johnny. Okay, yeah, I was like, I don't know where Columns 2 is. I just knew it was not on the Genesis. Also, apparently, it's in the Columns Arcade Collection for the Sega Saturn in Japan. If someone wants to oh. get me on that... Yeah, like anyone's uh, playing Columns 2. <laughs> What's different? I don't know. Like, wh- I, I want to see your graded Columns 3s. That's Show me those. Isn't that a, is that a pretty easy game to find sealed? I bet there's a graded Columns 3, Johnny. I want to see it if there's one. You can show it to me later. Anyways, those are a couple of games that are cheap that you could go get. Tyler, tell us about your other ones so we can get off this Columns <laughs> All right, I've got another one that'll make Stefan mad. I'm going to talk about Utopia for the Intellivision, um, a game that came up last week on Collector's Quest. Oh my god, his name is Todd Smuntz. Sorry, okay, now we can go back. (laughs) It is is known. His name is Todd Smuntz. He was the assistant lead art designer. Wow, that is an unacceptable person to put on the box. lead designer of art? (laughs) Of course his last name. That guy led people? He made artistic decisions? (laughs) And that's what he came up with? Of course his last name is Smuntz. He was just an assistant. Todd Smuntz. How does this guy get to be in charge of art? (laughs) Have you... 
If he didn't get fired after that. This is definitely worth going back to. What the? (laughs) How is he in charge? Thank you, Todd Smuntz. I just want to say, Todd Smuntz, I've literally never played Columns 3 just because the box art turns me off so much. Like, I wouldn't be like (laughs) chomping at the bit to play Columns 3, but looking at the box, I'm like, why would I ever put this in? This looks dumb. God, what a fucking asshole. (laughs) Fuck you, Todd Smuntz. You fucking dick face. Good Christ. You did this. You did this. You're a leader. Uh, This guy got to be in charge and make decisions. And his decision was to put his stupid (laughs) fit. My favorite. So utopia for the Intellivision, Johnny. Um, It is. There's no utopia if this guy exists. It is uh, the predecessor to city building and real-time strategy genres. It is one of those games, uh, I would say similar to the AD&D games, uh, where you look at it on the Intellivision, you're like, shit, this looks like really complex and interesting for such a shitty console that I don't want to play. And that is exactly what Utopia is. Uh, It is, uh, how do you even describe Utopia? It's almost like a two-player simultaneous SimCity that came out like eight years before SimCity did. So there's two islands on the screen and using your, uh, your phone pad on the television controller, you move your cursor around and you have nine different buildings. I believe you can build. Um, and you're like building up crops and housing for your citizens and, uh, hospitals to keep them working harder without dying. And your stuff like produces gold, which you use to build more buildings and fishing boats and fucking PT boats and your PT boats can go attack your opponent's island and you can, you can like, uh, what is it? Uh, you like cause rebels to appear on your opponent's island and just start fucking shit up and destroying them and they block things so they can't build stuff on top of the rebels that are over there fucking up their shit. Uh, it, I've heard it described as the Civilization 0.5. It doesn't really get to that level. It's also a real-time game, not a turn-based game. But uh, it's more like a a placement board game where you're placing down things to generate crops, but happening in real time, and both players are playing at the same time. It's a very interesting and unique game. Super cool in the simulation genre. And another great part about this game is I think it's easier to find sealed than it is to find complete in box. You go on eBay, like literally $13 shipped. This game has always been that or less, and there are tons of copies available. Uh, Every show you go to, you will find Utopias. It's a historically important game. Go buy it. It's 13 fucking dollars. No one's got anything to say because no one knows what Utopia is. Nope. All right. I'm also... (laughs) I, I wanted to read into that Todd Smuntz thing because it's fucking... that may be, fake, <laughs> by the way, we're going to have a spinoff episode about Todd Smuntz. I'm I'm sorry, but this guy like there's no proof in the manual or in the credits that that guy's name is there. But I will tell you, whatever it is, not only was this a bad decision for cover art, but they really fucking they enjoyed it so much that he is also in the advertising. Uh, 
He, there's an image. I, I hate when we're on podcast and we have to describe a picture. But anyways, he's in the columns game and he's like sitting on gems. He's like doing a handstand on one. He's like berating one, being crushed by one, carrying one. It's ridiculous that they not only did they like this guy so much that on an advertisement they put him how many times? Not once, not twice, not thrice, not four, but five fucking times I got to look at this idiot in the middle of these gems. I don't. I'm very confused. They thought he looked really fun. I no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just absolutely not. I'm sorry, Stefan. Mm. I, I, Tyler, I, I apologize. I just don't have anything to t- say about television games. That is a fun <laughs> bit of info that you gave us, and uh, Utopia is an interesting predecessor to those games. You can you can see foundational evidence of what would come later. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm it's in television, so I I think people it's worthy of collecting for some people, just not in my wheelhouse. Stefan, what do you have? Um. All right, I'll talk about Jade Empire. So uh, Jade Empire, uh, for y'all who don't know, is a Bioware game that fell between uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect. Um, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it's sort of like the, the I'm not even going to say Unsung Hero is a bad because it's not very hero. It's not it's not it's not a hero, but uh, but it's a lesser known Bioware title. And that's sort of why I decided to uh to bring it in as just like, oh, you may not know this game exists. Uh, part of that reason is because it's arguably a little bit racist sometimes. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit racist sometimes. A little bit. Um, but uh, but it is, uh, it, it, it's, it's uh, it, mechanically, I enjoyed the game. At the time, when I was less culturally aware, I also enjoyed the game. Uh, today, I don't know that I would go back and play it. Uh, again, for a second playthrough, uh, other than, you know, like I said, if you haven't played it and are interested in steeping yourself in the history of Bioware, uh, then it might be a good playthrough for you. But, uh, it, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely in the, uh, it squarely in, uh, Bioware's sort of, uh, style of RPGs. So if you did like KOTOR and you do like Mass Effect, then, uh, you might get a kick out of, uh, Jade Empire if you can stomach a little bit of racism. Uh, <laughs> Hey, everyone's crazy for KOTOR right now. While you're waiting, this game costs nothing. Yeah, basically nothing. Um, you know, there's a reason why we have uh, cultural sensitivity uh, companies now that uh, that look at video games. And uh, I don't think anyone looked at this one. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, uh, Jade Empire. I don't know. Anybody want to say anything more about this game? Because, like, now I, I, it, I didn't even think about it that part of it until like I was sitting here and I'm like, Oh wait, do I want to talk about this? Cause it's kind of racist. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think Jade empire needs just three white dudes discussing it further. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it was a game entirely made by white people. So, uh, yeah, that's criticism. I think, right. Yeah. Like, I think that's part of the problem. I don't know. I don't give a shit there. There's, you know, uh, the the sins of our past. I'm not going to like sit here. Sure, and yeah, for sure. Super, super rehash. I mean, uh, especially incredibly when, racist, and yet here we are. Yeah, like, well, I also intent to me matters a lot. Like, sure. you know, did they set out to shit on a thing? If they did, then yeah, we should like, 
you know, go after them and, and treat them poorly and, and let people know. But if it was just like guys who did it and, you know, they weren't aware because it was the 2000s and people weren't aware, uh, then OK. That's like, you know, I'm I'm going to just say not great, but I, I don't want to I don't want to beat them up too too bad. You know, intent matters. That yeah. doesn't make things better, but, you know, it, it matters in the grand scheme of things, I think. Oh, I'm sure I will get a bunch of letters telling me it, I'm I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> whatever. I couldn't get into Jade Empire. Uh, I was like the biggest Bioware fanboy in the 2000s because uh, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, Knights of the Old Republic, all like absolute bangers. So uh, good. Did not like the real time combat. At the time you, you didn't get into it? Yeah, at the time I didn't get into it. I, I played this right when it came out. I was really into Bioware's, like, they'd have this thing where, like, the combat kind of feels like it's real time, but it's all dice rolls in the background. And for mm-hmm. some reason, I love that. I don't know why. So, uh, I just wanted more I of that. And then really Jade enjoyed... had this weird thing going on. Uh, Jade Empire also, I think, was, the, the at least in my memory, there may have been an earlier uh, instance of it. But it was one of the first games that I, uh, that had, like, shifting difficulty. Like where it would be like if you started to fuck up real, real bad and kept dying on an encounter, it would be like, hey, you know, uh, you could uh, you could just make this uh, easy mode if you want. Like like the, 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 the game itself suggesting dialing around the difficulty. I bet there's a TV that's... trope for that and we could figure out what the first one is <laughs> and we're going to right now or or Johnny. We can. Oh, no, I was just going to tell Tyler. I I was with him being like a, a big ba- uh, a big fanboy for Bioware and Jade Empire, I got it, and that game did nothing for me. Stone nothing. Did not. I was just like, this is not. This isn't good. And I literally played all the other Bioware games. I played PC games, and I was not a PC gamer to to get because I like Bioware so much. I was like, oh yeah, this D and D game, Baldur's Gate, looks awesome. And then after that, I was just like, I'll play anything they make. And then they made Jade Empire, and yeah. I mean, I. They're they have very nerdy themes like D and D games and Star Wars and then like Chinese mythology. I appreciate that they went off and like a left turn and did something no one else is doing. White people take on Chinese mythology. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't into it, but then they went to Mass Effect. It's like, oh, we're back. We're back in Star yeah. Wars. It's fucking awesome. We're in Star Wars again. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, totally agree. Uh, really, I'm still stuck on that Columns 3 guy. I'm not going to call him Todd Smuts <laughs> because I, I don't think that's real. I think that was just a, a troll post and then oh, people ran oh. with it. Well, and it, it made for good content, so that's all I oh, really care man, about. Just, um, there is a fun Twitter thread, though, you guys can participate in like, that says, ruin any video game box cover with the Columns 3 guy. <laughs> I just <laughs> like how quickly... like I love it when you fly off the hinge of things, Johnny, but like you got there real quick. Uh, <laughs> like my, my, like... my fuse is my, it's been a day. It's been a day. Uh, like I told you, I had to wait outside in the sun. Uh, I had to get a shot. All things I don't like. It ruined a bunch of my work, my productive work time, which I hate because as you guys know, with productive work time, you can't ever get it back. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, not happy about that. Not happy. Oh, it's also, uh, you know, it's like an anniversary of like a death day, you know, for my dad. So it's like there's a lot of things. I'm I'm the nerve is raw and I'm quick to go off. 
So I'll fi- I'll fight anyone right now. You want to fight mm-hmm. Stefan? I'll drive to your house. <laughs> fight Todd Smuts. Yeah, I'll I'll go into the I'll go into the park and throw pine cones into your yard, oh, and you that. know make your dogs bark mm, no, you late at night and the, wake up your child. The worst right now is that the crows are bringing in walnuts onto my property, and I really don't like that. Uh, do you think? Because I remember last year you thought someone was throwing walnuts to your dogs. Yeah, I think uh, it's the fucking you, crows. It's the crows. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say if you. This was on a collector's quest episode years ago. Did we uncover the mystery? Is it the crows? I'm pretty sure it's crows. Yeah. All right, there we go. Mystery solved. Do You're like, it's my neighbor, and then you Scooby Doo unmasked, and it was a crow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. It's like, and I would have got away with it, Squawk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, every time I think of crows, I think of uh, the Secret of Nim, the crow from Secret mm. of Nim. Yeah, Dom DeLuise. Yep. Good stuff. Man, Dom DeLuise, staple of the 80s voiceovers. What happened to Dom DeLuise? He Is died. Dom DeLuise dead. Yes. That's, that's a, what happened. It's a, for the people keeping track at home of. That's the third now dead person in the world. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It, Todd, Todd Smuts arguably was probably dead too. Uh, yeah. The the uh, post that I, when I was researching it said he lives alone in Nevada with his cats. <laughs> yeah, that part's probably not true. Yeah. Or maybe it is. It's all fake. All right. Anyway, I got a game I could talk about. You guys ready? I have so many good games to tell you about. Is it $10, Johnny? Is it cost it, it's less. I'm in. Less. How much do you want to spend on it? Do you Seven. want to spend six dollars on it? Oh, six. Six dollars? Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Ooh, I saw that. I saw that when I was looking too. That was a, that was a, that's a good one. So I mean, you guys know I'm a fan of it. We've talked about it on the show before. But also with all the hot Marvel properties and everything going on with Disney, it is it, like especially Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which incorporated a bunch of these characters that you had never like really seen or heard of, like in major games. Like, yeah, you always saw Spider-Man and Captain America and Thor and Wolverine. Like, yeah, you always saw the big characters, but Ultimate Alliance incorporated all like the side ones. And now all these like weird side characters are getting shows and a lot of them are in this game. So, and you know, in Ultimate Alliance too. So I think, you know, all the comic books, if we're making parallels, all those ancillary comics that feature those characters all went up a bunch. So why not grab the games that also featured them, especially probably featured them first? Is this the key first appearance? Yeah, buddy, for a bunch of them. Oh, man. Uh, Johnny, I don't know if you Are saw. You in? Uh, I'm only in if there's a cool variant. Uh, well, there are a lot of variants for this game, actually. Uh, and if you didn't watch Tyler's excellent video about like how you can go find variants, this is a game that has a bunch. There's greatest hits. You can find it. Uh, it's multi-platform. So there's going to be variants all over the place. Cause each one of them aren't going to have the same variants. There's going to be changes there. There's greatest hits. There's game of the years. There's gold, like DLC content released within the game. It's all over the place. You can make this game as collectible as you want. If you buy the gold versions for like the 360, you can buy a very expensive game. But why not get the first print? Because as we've learned, first prints are important. So get the earliest copy you can find. And you'll be able to find it because there is no differentiation in like some of the bullshit variants that are out there. By bullshit, I mean minor variants, text change, TRs, you know, address changes, any of that stuff. You can find all this very early and you can get it. Uh, you can find a first print and, and spend six dollars on. It. I think there's even some that like are store exclusives. 
So there, there's a lot of different ways to collect this game if you enjoy it. But really, I say collect on the access of comic first appearances because there's a lot. And to go along with that one, I'm going to give you a bonus one. Why not go grab the Lego Batman game or Batman game, Batman 2? Because Batman 2 featured more of those wacky characters and Batman stuff is building right now. DC is gaining some traction finally after, uh, you know, uh, the long dark days of uh, Batman versus Superman being the only thing that, uh, you know, people could talk about how bad it was. Now you're, you're starting to see them like some movies. Just don't talk about Wonder Woman 1984 and you'll be okay. Um, but yeah, Bat- Lego Batman 2 also has some of the same stuff. And, you know, weirdly, the Lego Batman games play kind of a lot like the more Ultimate Alliance games mm. and just being like a, a beat-em-up of over and over world. Uh, more simplistic. But if you enjoyed that one, you can enjoy this one too. And again, lots of dumb variants that you can go out and find. But if you just want to get the basic first print, you're going to spend like $7 on it. And you can get it on the Wii. So you go like, it's a Nintendo game instead of buying like, an Xbox game or a 360 game. You can go get it on the Wii and feel good that you bought a Nintendo game for that's complete for under, you know, 10 bucks. Go do it. You can probably get it for 10 bucks shipped. That's amazing. Are there multiple codes? So there are uh, the variants for this game. They have like, there's an insert with a code to unlock Silver Surfer. And I don't remember yes. what the, I was just trying to look up what the desirable one is. I couldn't figure it out, but uh, I know there's multiple variants like that, at least on Xbox. Yes. Yeah, there are. Um, I don't know. That there are multiple variants like that on the Wii, but there will be multiple text changes on the Wii. Um, like I said, there's a ton of different ways you can collect this game. All right, Johnny, uh, I've got something uh, for you. The Speaking of uh, how hot Marvel Ultimate Alliance could be, uh, if there was a 9.8 A++ Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe Platinum Hits that sold on Heritage Auctions, what would you think that that would sell for? <laughs> Um, I'm going to tell you that it would sell for probably $30 because the complete one on PS3 is like $8 cause it's on my list of possibilities. Uh, $780 is what that sold oh, for. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Just, um, comic books, I, dude. And then a week later, a 9.6, a plus plus came up and went for 150, which is uh, still yeah. ridiculous, but. That, okay. Okay. So I'll, I want to just, I'm going to throw some stuff out there, Tyler. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit back to Marvel Ultimate Alliance because I'm also going to include Mark, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 in that same pack. But there is one, if you're just looking strictly at the Wii, there's a variant for Ultimate Alliance that has the Daredevil code in it. Yep. Uh, which is great. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 for the Wii, you can get that has a comic book that comes with it. And you know, I love those little comic book collectibles. Uh, so that's probably one I'm going to pick up before this sh- show even airs because I'm like, oh, God, I didn't realize there was one that came with a comic. That's for Ultimate Alliance, too. So those are two of the bigger variants that you can go get. Um, yeah, just look out for Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance, too. They look pretty similar because they both have Spider-Man kind of like doing something with his arm punching or something. Uh, one, he's definitely punching one. It looks like he might be, uh, you know, throwing some webs but it's all in the same kind of design. Ultimate Johnny. Alliance 2 has like a red badge, but it looks very similar at first glance. Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance 2 are both key Spider-Man covers. Oh. They are. Look, Finger any to game Temple that has Spider-Man game. on the cover, you should probably go grab, right? <laughs> like if it's cheap. Um, yeah, I, I, I literally, I, uh, I bought Spider-Man for the Apple 2. I was buying another game from the seller and it was like a couple bucks. And I'm like, you know what? 
that's a Spider-Man game. No one has. Let me just go by that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you were right. There is also a silver surfer as well for uh Wii. I think those were store exclusives. I think, uh, one was like GameStop and Best Buy. So that was the kind of variants that were happening back then. So anyways, go, go look at that stuff. Locking stuff to stores sucks. Don't do it. Well, I mean, they kind of did that all through the 2000s. That was I like know. I hate all of it. I mean, it's cool that they made some variants, but man, I don't want to like look at this fable bonus thing. And it's like, oh, it's got the GameStop logo. It's got a Game Crazy logo. It's got an EB Games mm. logo. Like, oh, man, come on. How about all those Halo demos? Or no, 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 not Halo. Halo. It was a uh, fable. There was like four different fable demos on the Xbox. That was uh, that were like retailer exclusives. It was annoying. I know. Well, uh, we'll let the listeners uh, have to decide if they liked that one or not. That was my example, Steph. And that was literally what I was talking when you brought that up as the counter example. All right. Is hey, it my but turn? what about those fable ones? Have you seen the fable demos? <laughs> uh, those ones I are crazy. I didn't hear you say fable. Did I'm say sorry. Fable? I'm I'm the worst. Yeah, he, Did I not he, say fable? No, no. no this is. There's a Stefan problem. Is yeah, it? Was it? Was yeah, I not paying you attention? Totally were. All right. Well, all right. You were like, let's, let's were you looking at your phone? Did right. you look at your phone, Stefan? I, I was. I was looking at my eBay. Uh, my eBay. Uh, like mm. what I've been buying for the next segment. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, let's just pretend I was talking about the retailer exclusive Mortal Kombat's for the Xbox because those are also terrible. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Johnny, I've I got one. Who's next? Is you it me one? or is it Stefan? I don't know. It's you. This is your fifth one, right? This is my third of five. I have. I oh, have so you had four and then it went to th- and went to two and then three. OK, I, I understand your counting sequence now. Uh, I also didn't have a chance to say because no one engaged at all in Utopia. Uh, Utopia has a gatefold version and a flip top version. I believe the gatefold version is earlier. Um, and they're both super common sealed, so I would say just go find a gatefold version. Anyway, my like actual how, one. I like how Tyler is like, "Hey, this thing like you didn't care about before, uh, and since you didn't care about it, I'm going to talk about it more." <laughs> Someone it's like it's like all the Bubsy games and Deep Bubsy. There are cool people who listen to this show who like Atari and like old games, uh, because when they say vintage games, they actually fucking mean it. I look. W- I said it was my failing. I did not say it was your fault for picking that. I said, I just don't like this kind of stuff. I'm sorry I didn't engage. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't throw anything up for you to engage with. That was me being a bad host. How about that? No. Wow. I will not accept your apology because there's, no re- there's no reason for you to apologize, Johnny, because you're the best. Oh, thanks. Parappa the Rapper, Johnny. Uh, historically <laughs> important rhythm game. One of the first console rhythm games. The first console rhythm game? The- the worst, the worst manual on a PlayStation game ever. Is it? I've never read it. Who reads manuals, nerd? Uh, so actually, is you Pre- hoard manuals? You don't read manuals. Is probably the first like actual true rhythm game? So there, I know like maybe in Japan or something like DDR, Beat Mania, or Guitar Freaks got a port to PlayStation, but like that's an arcade game, like whatever. Not even like the drum games. The drum games. What are the drum games? Yeah, the, you know what? You know the yeah. Japanese like with the yeah, the, the, the weird drum. drum. Oh yeah, like Taiko no Tatsujin. I think that started yeah. on PS2 when that came to consoles. Okay. Um. Uh, anyway, yeah, on Xbox or no, on PS1, there's like the the Jungle Hunt rhythm game, and there's the DDRs. What else? So, did you say there's a Jungle Hunt rhythm that. game? Not Jungle Hunt. Jungle Book. Oh, okay. 
Well, there's I'm, a Jungle Book with the Parappa came out in 1996. You're gonna have to get me something before that. You sure it came out in 96? That's in Japan, right? In Japan, yes. Well, okay, okay. hey, I'm talking about... And it's about... like on the cusp. It came out in like December, so it's like basically 97. Okay, well, I'm talking about Japanese Parappa the Rapper because Parappa the Rapper is like an $80 game now. Uh, yeah. This is... What about Unjammy Lammy? Is that like still garbage? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked. I would guess it's still garbage, man. That game's always been garbage. I don't know. No one wants yeah. Unjammy Lammy for some reason. Uh, does not get the respect that Parappa gets. Parappa the Rapper, perfect example of a game that is fucking worthless in Japan. I am talking $2 complete in box. If you care about condition, I'm going to bump this up to a whopping $5 complete in box with the poster, with the spine card, and with some ad insert. Uh, you can get a complete in box Parappa the Rapper, a game that costs, you know, how do you do math? 16 times as much in America. Uh, the one thing to avoid is uh, there is a budget label called The Best Version, and I believe it has a white border around the art. So just look for the one with the full box art. Uh, go get a $2 copy of Parappa the Rapper. Worth it. Probably can't find it on eBay. You probably have to find it from a Japanese Hold store. I've got a, fun, I've got a fun thing you can buy if you're a big fan. You know, there's a, they made a ton of plushies for this game, and they made the iconic beanie that you can go get. But did you know that they made a toaster? Huh. <laughs> No, what? Yeah. Is this an American product? No, God, no. Okay. Uh, so, no. Wow, this toaster you're is... You're talking about a non-American version of the game. I mean, I, I figure toast is more of an American thing. I don't know. Like, I don't, you I don't think, think about how much Japanese like people toast? eat toast. You, you think America is the is the toast people? They're yeah, like, the rest I, I of do. the world is like, we came we're from too England good for toast. And, and, England has the most boring food. What's the most boring food? Fucking toast. You can call <laughs> toast. Look, I used to kind of be not a toast guy, but oh, man, then I, I remembered toast. how much I like bread. And it turns out toasted bread and butter is just good. There's so much bread. There's so many different breads that you can toast. Bread is delicious. You know, speaking of toasting, too, I uh, I've I've always been uh, a guy who does not toast his Pop-Tarts. I just like, eat them right out of the bag. Uh, but uh, recently I've come around to toasting Pop-Tarts. It's in the uh, name, Stefan. Yeah, I know. But, you know, uh, if you told me, OK, well, let's do a quick poll um, since we're on this weird subject. And I've, I've pulled people on this and I, I find it to be controversial. Pop-Tart or toaster strudels? Which is what's your preference? Oh, toaster strudel, hundred percent. Mm, no, uh, uh, pop tarts only because of like the. Again, I'm a, I'm a convenience guy, so like toaster strudels being a frozen product, uh, I can't just like grab it out of the freezer and put it in my mouth. But I, uh, but a pop tart, I can just grab out of the cupboard and put that shit in my mouth. So uh, from convenience alone, I'm gonna go with pop tarts. Tyler, are you toaster strudel? I'm toaster strudel. They are softer. I'm and thus more delicious. So I'm I'm also a Pop-Tart guy, not just the convenience point, because I do like a toasted Pop-Tart once in a while, but also from a flavor profile. And I'm not actually down with flaky crust. I don't like flaky crust things. Mm. Um, I don't like the, I don't like my bread to feel like skin is falling apart in my mouth, which is what I visualize <laughs> when I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when you eat, it's just like, I just imagine that that's what like flaking skin is like, like just no, mm -mm. I'm not into it. I'm weird on textures and I'm out on toaster strudels completely out. I, and like, 
honestly, I just want to eat something quick in the breakfast. I, yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to frost an item before I walk out the door. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, but then again, I'm also like a ravioli out of the can guy. So look, look, look. It's only about convenience to Stefan. There's no right, really taste is. does not like, come into if, the if 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 uh if consuming a product uncooked will not physically injure me i will i will i prefer it that way oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i just imagine you're just like eating chef boyardee out of the can and yeah I'm just, fucking it. you're like delicious. oh with meatballs too i'm just like yeah, delicious fucking oh i can oh, smell dude. it oh. <laughs> Canned mac and uh, cheese, I, know, or like mm, mm, beef and mm, beef and mac. <laughs> yeah. uh, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> this is the strangest tangent ever, but so good. I'm, I cannot. I'm very happy we, oh, very happy we good, went down this road. Good God. <laughs> oh, you're a gross fucker. That's. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I have to say about that. I can see you eating manwich. That's I'm not into it. Tyler, dance aerobics is sometimes considered mm. the first console rhythm game. Mm, that's a good uh, good answer. Good barring, answer. Barring that, All right. parappa obviously very like, important. It's, in it's, it's parappa asterisk, right? Like, do you uh, consider? Because I think there's some so debates. I'm gonna say aerobics. parappa is the Sim City, and dance aerobics is more of the utopia. Like, yes, this has elements of the genre, but it's to not bring the it thing. Back that, to utopia. I love early history stuff. It's so good. The so yeah, maybe, toaster, but... maybe dance aerobics. That's that. I, I mean, I I opened a dance aerobics. I destroyed history. I opened a sealed one of those. Um, That's right, because believe... uh, collecting sealed games is all about uh, historical preservation. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh yeah. Uh, the Parappa Toaster guys, by the way, MSRP was a hundred dollars in nineteen ninety nine, and now it is. Oh, it wasn't it? Wasn't uh, it? Wasn't a promo? It was like actual like you, you went had to, to a toy store and bought it for a hundred dollars. It also it prints Parappa's face onto the toast. Huh. I'm into um, it. Sure. It's it's also like the ugliest thing ever because it's bright orange. Like, what are you gonna do with? You can't keep this in your kitchen. All right. Well, I learned something. Thank you for telling me uh, about that, Johnny. You, you're welcome. I'm still trying not to vomit. I've got my head between my legs. <laughs> uh, there are a there are three Parappa toasters up uh, in box. Uh, three of them uh, on eBay right now. You can buy. That that's going to be the takeaway. No Add us and show us your Parappa toasters. <laughs> that's right. Oh, but you know what? These are all Japan listings, so it's probably the same fucking toaster. Oh that's yeah, if they're the same true. picture. Then it's just someone trying to flip them. Why is this a thing, Japan? Why do everyone there try to do this? So right, you're Stephen. really not into toast at all? You just don't like toast? Who? Me? Tyler. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just not a big bread guy. I don't I don't buy bread. I don't know. What do I use bread for? What? <laughs> I just, I what? don't buy bread. You've said a lot of confusing things to me <laughs> over the years. This is some weird shit. This might Wait. be the most. <laughs> what are you, you doing? You don't buy bread? What are you, what are you a fucking Martian? What? <laughs> I, I don't, don't need understand. bread. What do I need? I don't eat like sandwiches. I, I have other stuff. You don't eat sandwiches. What? All right. What I'm, do you... I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm DMing Ada right now. I need to. What I? I you're, you're I'll, like... I'll have some peanut butter straight from the jar, but I don't need to like spread it on a sandwich to enjoy it. 
Tyler, I mean, why add carbs to my already unhealthy habit? Sure, sure, but you don't like sandwiches. I mean, sandwiches don't really they they take some work to make. It is like it takes at least one minute to make a sandwich, and I'm more of a Stefan. Like, I need to eat something right now. Someone give me a cheese stick. I can roll up in salami. Um, and it feels like a sad meal. It's like no one like if I just made a sandwich with my shitty bread and my shitty cold cuts. That that's I got, a sad. That's just a meal, Tyler. The sadness mm. you feel is that thing that's inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to Jersey Mike's and I'm getting like a 12-inch sub that's it's loaded up with some Italian meats, yeah, that's a fucking sandwich. But the like going They're to get like some Wonder Bread, Howard, they happen bullshit. to be on bread. Yeah. Uh, I messaged Ada and I'm like, "Hey, Tyler's telling us he doesn't buy or eat bread. Please confirm." <laughs> we get uh, we get non sometimes, and we'll eat that with dinner if we're having like uh, yeah, non is a bread. Yeah. So it's not like a loaf like of I said, there's a lot of different breads from the world. Wrong. Oh, my God. It's delicious. All right. <laughs> so so we agree. I'm, I'm a normal person. So we can. So this is not one of Tyler's oddities. He just buys a lesser amount of a different kind of bread than you. Uh, nope. This is still an oddity. I'm going to put you under glass and study you one day. You were so uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I followed that up with also what the hell is wrong with your husband? All right. Okay, um, Tyler, I I don't even know where we are anymore. It's Stefan's turn. Stefan, yeah. tell us about one of your games. You, uh, Tyler this... is so weird. <laughs> Stefan's making me puke, and Tyler's like, what? bread is whatever. Whoa, okay, and I just on. don't understand. Stefan, Stefan's been eating like Huel and garbage like that. It's like not even I food. think that's gross. That is not what humans do. And I only <laughs> thought of that because I was thinking, what do I eat for lunch? And I'm like, oh, sometimes I have Huel too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in Soylent Green is oh. delicious. Man, you know, that Soylent 1.2 you know, was really good. Like, then the Soylent 1.3, I think they ruined it, and then I found Huel eventually, and that was better, right? Gross. <laughs> I, like, you should not look I, at... You're the weirdos who are like, um, what's his face? Uh, you're just like, food is just fuel. I could... I was, it doesn't matter what it is. I am just trying to survive till the next day. <laughs> who cares what it tastes like? Johnny. This is just things to process for my brain to keep running. Get out of here, you weirdos. <laughs> I was just looking at my conversation, my historical conversations with Ada. It consists 100% of asking her what the fuck is wrong with Tyler. <laughs> we don't talk about anything else. <sighs> uh, anyway. Uh, hey, let's talk about Mech Assault, Johnny's favorite game. Whoa. Uh, oh, what? An Xbox exclusive only on the yeah. Xbox. That's right. Does that make it collectible, Tyler? <laughs> uh, so I, uh, you know, uh, I all joking aside, I really like this game. Um, even if it wasn't, uh, I, I, you know, it's just like a really competent uh, uh, mech game with with a controller, which sometimes is kind of difficult to do. Uh, recently, they just put out uh, what um, Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries on console, which is a PC port, and it. Uh, Translation to controller, not uh, not the best, but uh, Mech Assault uh, designed from the ground up to be a console mech game, uh, and I think it's a really solid game. Even if you're like not a mech fan, just like it controls well, it's got a reasonably compelling story, and it's uh, some good solid arcade third person or third robot uh, <laughs> perspective uh, fun. I, I really enjoy it, and it's like you know five bucks. Not much. 
And uh, to Tyler's point, it is a console exclusive on the Xbox. One of the almost none. Everyone's like, man, Xbox has some great exclusives, and they're wrong when they say that. But Mechasalt is... because yeah, Tyler's like, it's on the PC! Oh, it is on the PC, and it's better. If Mechasalt was on the PC, I would be shitting all over this one, but I definitely played a bunch of Mechasalt back in the day. I do think it's a good game. It's good! It is a it is better good. game so, than Steel so, Battalion. Um, yeah, the I will, as the true biggest Xbox Steel Battalion exclusives? fan here, I will stand by that. <laughs> yeah. Um... So the only true Xbox exclusives that remain are, are they Mecha Salt and Buffy? Yeah, that's it. No, is, is <laughs> Buffy an exclusive? All right, we'll count it. Uh, yeah, the first one know. was. But, yeah. yeah. Se- second one, no, right? I think I'm right. No, on second that. one, no. The Chaos Bleeds is on uh, multiple systems. <laughs> the original Forza Motorsport is an exclusive. Okay. Um, what's that? There's that uh, extreme sports game. That, it's like a fake made up sport, like Death Ball or something like that. I, I I literally bought this game. I don't know. Ugh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. I was it's, just curious. All right. Uh, you could also use Mecha Salt to soft mod your Xbox. If it was 2004, that would be some interesting knowledge, I guess. <laughs> that would, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, good. You don't have Mecha to like, Salt. Yeah, it's just good. It's just a good game. Go play it. Yeah. Cool okay. Mecha Salt. Hey, woo. Yeah, I hate myself. I'm, I'm just trying to stay on top, except make Johnny vomit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty vomity. Hey, here's <laughs> one for you. Do you want to hear one from the PS3? I mean, I guess we're doing this podcast, so uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, have you guys heard of Beyond Two Souls? Nope. It's from that studio <laughs> that did that game. Yeah, it's the one that caused controversy when uh, um, Ellen Page was, or Elliot Page was Ellen Page. And uh, they had like some. They like basically designed her nude a little bit, and there there was some there was some backlash about that. <laughs> that sounds like the guy who got caught. He was like, "Yeah, we you know we designed her nude a little bit." <laughs> like, a little what, bit. What does a little bit mean there, Johnny? I look. I don't know the exact situation, so I don't want to make any bold claims, which is why I'm like parsing it down to like I don't know if it was a part thing of happened. you know. When, well, you know, they designed character models and it was based on uh, their image. So, you know, they composite down. I don't know if it was like they could just composited it down to no clothes or if it was like they got weird and, you know, really animated some nude stuff on the side. I, I don't know what it is and I don't want to make a false claim. But there was some controversy over the modeling of Elliot Page, um, you know, then Elliot, Ellen Page. Uh, and not being um, completely clothed. All right, that, that's Is that all. Why we're missing. buying this it, one? Uh, one, it's an exclusive to the PS3, right? I mean, I'm gonna go buy one in in America. Um, there was a steel book, but this is like the regular edition. You can get for ten uh, under ten bucks. It's a perfectly acceptable, playable, like decent game. I enjoyed it, so. You can check it out. It, like these aren't all like super bangers. It's under ten dollars, and you have to have. If we're giving it some reason, some some gravitas, the fact that there was any controversy around this, a reason for people to talk about this game and reference it in the future, um, you know, when a you know with it's past any like meaningful amount of time and and relevance, there are going to be things that reference this moment. So yeah, it's a perfectly good reason to collect this game. All right, I am uh, 
That so, is uh, that is indeed an explanation. I will remind you the title of this episode is going to be 10 out of 10 games you can get for $10. So that did not sound like a ringing endorsement to me. Yeah, it's I think it's a good game you can play. It, it used to be exclusive to the PS3. I think in Japan or something they made like a two pack with Heavy Rain, Heavy Rain another one you could go get. Like it's a good game. Like don't like what do you want? It's a a pretty good game. That's unique, and it had some controversy around it. What, what more do you need? So uh, I, I, I read into this a little bit. So it's basically there's a shower scene in which you would need to you would need to free cam, right? So like uh, some, you would need to be able to access debug somehow, either with uh, a, a debug build or uh, perhaps a. Q or a test rig. I'm not 100 sure, but anyway, um, there is a QA menu in which you can unlock the camera and free cam to then see uh, the model uh, that they use in that shower scene. And apparently, uh, the actor um, was uh, was modeled fully. Uh, so that's that's that. So, so if um, you have to hack a game to generate controversy, then there is no controversy. I've uh, never yeah, uh, I would like to point you at the hot coffee mod. Uh, yeah, for, it's for the that. most ridiculous thing. I yeah, I. It's like giving that's, a basic I mean, programming program an AO rating. It's like, well, if you type in the right things, you can make a porn program. Like. Uh. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I mean, if I was in that situation and suddenly people, especially teenagers, were being told how to access and look at my nude body, I might feel uncomfortable about that. And I think it's reasonable for someone to be upset about that. But I also think, like, what one, like, did it have to be in there? And then also, at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, you have to do a lot of work to get to this point. But also, if you had to do this much work, then why is it in there? We know why the hot coffee mod was in there, because they wanted it in there. It's true. And they bitched out and didn't include it when they should have right. just done it because it's Grand Theft Auto. Right. So then it wouldn't have been a controversy. The fact that they hit it made it weird. See, like, is this one of those things where, it, where they were hiding it and they made it weird? Um, anyways, yeah, so... And plus, it's still an exclusive on the PS3. The only other way you can get it is on the PS4 as a as a double pack, like I said, with Heavy Rain. So that's not that's not the same. So this is this is the one you want. It's a collectible game. Go get it. WADA won't grade PS3 yet. Get it before the WADA rush, everybody. I mean, they've already had the PS3 spike. Can you imagine what what it's going to look like once WADA starts grading them or CGC or whoever the hell grades games now? I mean, you just do. wait till trading games starts grading these games and we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> what? I mean, that's CGC, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm just making a joke because okay. he went over there. It's a joke. It's a joke. Move that, on. It's not a great joke, joke. explainer for the people not keeping up. The guy who owns trading yeah, games. Ring the bell. For CGC. He, bell. Did he go to work for them or is he like an advisor? Either no, way, he, he's involved. He went in as their head grader. Oh, damn. I thought that yeah. was that other guy. But all right. Yeah. Just cool. Yeah. All right. Jason Bassard from Trading Games. That's right. right. I think he's their new finalizer. That is Johnny. I've got one. Uh, Pretty obvious one here, but it it is amazingly cheap. It is Call of Duty for the PC small box version. Okay, so it it being in the small box makes it collectible. Well, there is no big box version. So okay. Well, hold on. 
so it's just the PC version of Call of Duty 4? The first release would be the small box, but yes. Okay, so um, just like you do to me, and that makes it collectible. Why? Did you, do you want to remind yourself what the title of this episode is going to be? Oh, yeah. Well, it's collectible because it's a, it's a historically important first-person no, shooter. No, incorrect. Joke. There are no collectible small box PC games. Get out of here. We only care about big box. See, that's Nerd. why it's $10. It's fucking $10. Uh, because no one cares. Around like 2003-ish, big boxes just kind of stopped being a thing, and they switched to the small box PC games. And for whatever reason... This has always been the case. PC collectors do not want fucking small box PC games, no matter how good they are. Call of Duty 4 being the prime example. People do not want this game because it's in a small box. Big box Call of Duty, that's some hot shit. Big box Call of Duty 2, something that came out in the 2000s, that is some really hot shit. Call of Duty 4, small box, no one cares. Um, Obviously, uh, a game that, uh oh man what what it both had like a really nice what was the word i'm looking for johnny it felt really nice to play and then it also had the multiplayer element which made the console people go absolutely nuts it it's the first game i could think of that had an absolutely insane single player and absolutely insane multiplayer it's just such a good game all around first two it's call of duty threat. games i only think about for single player I don't, did call of duty 2 even have multiplayer if it did i did not play it at all you're the I mean, Call of Duty all, expert on the show, Johnny. I'm not the call. I, I didn't start playing till Modern Warfare. So this is Modern Warfare. Call of Duty call of 4, Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, OK. Uh, did Modern Warfare have a campaign? Yes. That wasn't my question. I don't remember my question anymore. Anyway, you uh, said Call of Duty 2 doesn't have a campaign. And I said, no, I asked don't if know. Call of Duty 2 had multiplayer. Oh, you didn't play that one. Never mind. My question had a bad premise. Uh, that's why That's why my response was, I didn't start playing till Mod. And then you're like, this is Modern Warfare. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? What just happened? That, and then you're like, Johnny, you're giving me a bad answer. And I'm like, well, you know, when they say there's no bad questions or stupid questions, incorrect. All right, Johnny. So this game, it's like it's five dollars on Xbox 360. There's a billion of them. There always will be a billion. The small box PC game. I mean, they're obviously it's a common game. There are much less of them out there for PC. And Call of Duty is a PC franchise. It just is. Fucking Infinity Ward made this game. Who also made Call of Duty one and two. And the debate reigns: Is it should Infinity Ward keep making Call of Duties? No. They're not as good as Treyarch. Get out of here. I mean, I, th- it's, I think there's another studio. The thing with like after like two decades, like how many people obviously like still work at the same studio? Like Stefan has moved jobs so many times and I, I only buy games that were made by Stefan Reese while he worked at that particular studio. So I mean, that's uh, a nice bet. I mean, if you're looking for an investment grade collectibles, that's that's a. Yeah, that's correct. Like, I, like Infinity Ward, I'm sure still exists in name, but like, who cares? What are they making at yeah, this point? They- Tell me about yeah, I, I'm sure like long tenured employees have been there five years, right? <laughs> Turnover in software is high, guys. Um, mm-hmm. So also being loyal to companies like that is weird. Uh, just be happy when you find a good game. All right. I just wanted to bring that up. There's a lot of small box right. PC games in that same boat, but uh, Call of Duty 4. Yeah, they're, they're going to stay in that the best. S- boat. Keep them fine. Keep them in that boat. That'll be we can, it'll be a That's $10 right. game to celebrate forever. 
Okay, Stefan, do you have uh, any more for us? I do. I have two more. Okay. Uh, Give one us of one which... of them. Warhawk for the PS One. Okay. Woo! All right, Johnny, what do you got? Howard, What's your last you wake one? Wake me up. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> wait, Woo! wait. Let's just stonewall him like you guys did with me in Utopia. Uh, just no one say anything. No, but this is like a clever. I didn't stonewall to, you like, years ago in, in this podcast. Everyone. I, knows I mean, that. I don't. I don't hate Utopia. I nothing Utopia. I nothing Warhawk. Look, but Warhawk for the PS1, I've said it many times, is one of my favorite games for the PS1. It was uh, an early long box game that uh, that I loved as a kid. So just being able to put one of my like favorite games, my guilty pleasures on this list, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, third person uh, shooter, I guess. Um, but... Uh, but you're in a plane and you're blowing shit up. And there's the awesome live action cutscenes that are not actually awesome. They're just, but they're, but they're great. You should, you should watch them. At least, at least YouTube the cutscenes if you're not going to do anything else with Warhawk. But, uh, yeah, it's uh real cheap and, uh, you know, cheap, uh, cheap long box games aren't really a thing. So uh, there you go. You want yeah, a cheap long box game? The, the game must be so good for it to be a long box and yet still $10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not even more expensive than Tecmo Golf. Tecmo World Golf. Like, how good could it be? No, what's amazing yeah. is that sports games, I mean, there's it's a small market, but there's like this group of people that are like, sports games, first cover appearances, I'm going to spend, you know, $7,000 on a sealed FIFA for the Genesis. Uh, so now, are we going to enter this market where, like, the least desirable games are these old 90s, like, war games? You know, like M1 Abrams and and Gary Kitchen's Battle Tank and stuff like that. Probably, probably. I'm, God, yeah, I'm gonna say new yes. ten dollar pick is NHL '94 still under? Is that still around ten dollars? Go get your NHL '94. Wasn't stats. NHL '94 the one that everybody had? I mean, a lot of these games were the one everyone had. That's yeah. the one I think a lot of people remember specifically. You can go to mm-hmm. NHL94.com and and compete in online tournaments of the Sega CD version of NHL '94. Do it. No. <laughs> you know what? If someone's been playing NHL 94 for uh, 25 years, don't think I can beat them. Uh, I don't know. You could do it. Stefan, you got anything uh, interesting else to say about Warhawk? It's a great game. Everyone should play it. Johnny, Thank do you. you have another 10 out of 10 for $10? I actually have an editor's note. Um, Beyond Two Souls actually did make a PS4 appearance. I forgot that they released the Quantric Dreams bundle, which uh, has Detroit, uh, Heavy Rain, and Beyond Two Souls. That's I a pretty good Detroit. pickup for the... D- Detroit's so yeah. good. Dude, it, I mean, they're uh, they're a pretty good game studio. They make some interesting games. And that's a perfectly good bundle to pick up full of great games. But it does mean that it's no longer... like When it was... The single version of the game is still exclusive to the uh, PS3... If you want it anywhere else, though, you have to pick it up in a bundle. So now that everything gets re-released, it gets so much weirder talking about exclusives because it used to be like, okay, this game was a thing in 2001 and now we've moved on to new games. And now it's like Titan Quest. That's a PC game. But then it's like, no, it's not. Titan Quest is on the Switch now for some reason. And it's like that doesn't. It still feels like a PC game, but it's also on the Switch. It's it's weird talking about exclusives. It's hard to get boil it down to exclusives now especially if the game was any good then it probably wasn't going to remain exclusive 
especially if it, you know, like PlayStation just re-releasing their good games on the PS4 and like PS5, just that trend. And yeah. that, you know, I've said I'm kind of okay with that. Um, so you can just expect any good game not to remain exclusive. It's going to be released somewhere. And then like a lot of games are exclusive, but not really because they're released as di- like they're physically exclusive, but digitally you can get them places. It, it's just um, the day of like exclusives is going away. And I'm sure they will start digging in the well of all these old games that were re- exclusive like Buffy. I can't imagine that Buffy stays an exclusive at some point. Somebody's going to want to like more Buffy and suddenly like limited run games in 20 years is going to be like, here's that Buffy two pack that you guys always wanted now available on the switch too, on the super switch. You know, that's just the world we live in. We need a better way to deal with this. Cause the idea of like something gets re-released 20 years later and now it's no longer exclusive. Like Shantae got re-released on, on like PS4 or something, but like it's a fucking game boy color game. So I feel like, you know, calling it non-exclusive, there has to be, we need a better terminology. Cause I still think yeah, Shantae we, is, a, is a very interesting game for the reason that it is a game boy color game and on essentially nothing else until it was ported yeah. 20 years later. I but, mean, it was exclusive during uh, its initial life cycle. Like, I, I don't know. There's got to be some way to to capture that. Better yeah. Than we're gonna... N- I agree. Coming soon on Collector's Quest, we're going to find a better way to categorize exclusives uh, so we, we can separate Call of Duty 4 from Shantae. Yep, because that's what we do on Collector's Quest. We get into these weird conversations <laughs> and try to create better terminology. But that's actually good. Um, I love that stuff. We that's, argue about you know, the that's English like language. my favorite. Yeah, I love it. You know, you know me. You're such a prescriptivist. I'm not into it. Anyways, um, let's uh move on to my next game. Um, what you were asking me for, and I was like, editor's note. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey guys, tell me if you've ever heard of this game. Uh, stop me if you've heard of it, okay. Wait, if Kingdom we stop Hearts. you, are you not gonna are you not gonna talk about it anymore? Uh <laughs> I I promise to let that be true for me if I can let it be true for you. Okay, okay. Okay. Right. Uh Kingdom Hearts. Stop. Have heard. Yes. I've stop. heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Is that game really ten dollars? Yeah. First one. Printed into the ground. But they didn't really re release the first one. They did all these weird compilations and other things to get it. Yeah. And it's Disney and Square and Final Fantasy. And the first print lives on the PlayStation, and you can get it for $10. If you don't have this in your collection, what are you doing? Guys, if you Go remember a few years ago when all the PS1 RPGs were, like, pretty cheap, and now they are no longer that, that will probably happen to PS2 games. Probably not as much, but it will happen. PS2 RPGs will go up in price. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Kingdom... It's like Final Fantasy and Disney. Like, What are you doing? Just go... Get out there and buy this game. Yeah, I agree. You don't need a lot of reasons. Just what a soundtrack. Even I like it. I don't even like RPGs, but Kingdom Hearts is pretty good. There are a lot of variants. There's, I believe, isn't there one with a slipcase and a gatefold cover? That is that the one that has the soundtrack? There's the like regular print. There's the greatest hits version. Um, Whoa, I'm sorry, the slipcase. I I don't even know what you're talking about. I thought there was. I thought there was one that had like a gatefold cover. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm dreaming of a thing that doesn't actually exist. I'll, don't you're, don't you're that worrying me because I feel like I should have that if it exists. Uh, the interesting variant for Kingdom Hearts that I know of is the Black Label Square Enix one. 
Uh, yeah. So when they switched over between Black Label and Greatest Hits, there was this small window where the Black Label copies didn't say Squaresoft. They said Square Enix on them. Yep. And those are pretty hard In to addition find. to that being true for Final Fantasy X, or is yeah, that... Yeah, Final Fantasy X has the same exact variant. Yep. Just want to make sure yeah, you maybe weren't I, like, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm dreaming about this one, so don't, don't take that... But that's another thing that we do often on the show is just send Tyler on these frantic fever dream chases (laughs) for variants that don't exist. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. um, Check your card. We we claimed there was a a thing that didn't actually exist. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) go buy that. And like there are some people who differentiate between that, but you can definitely find uh, people who didn't um, and uh, get that. So look for look for the good one. Look for the Square Enix one, though it it's not easy to find. You no, but is that one out. of those? Is it one of those things, Tyler? And I'm most disappointed at you. Is it one of those things where, it, similar to like the Final Fantasy X variant, where like few enough people know about it that like you, if you like sift through enough listings, you might actually find it. Nope. Uh, one because we mentioned it on the show, and two because I've seen WADA graded copies of like sealed Square Enix. Final Fantasy tens and they're asking like fourteen thousand dollars. So like the speculation market knows about this variant. Boo. Yep. It took me a couple months to find one, but I was looking back when they were less popular. I guess I don't know. Uh, if you guys are interested in a sealed one, um, it's a first print, black label. They say black label in this like they know what they're talking about. They just like heard the terminology. Anyway, it's nineteen hundred dollars. So go get that now. A steal. Or you can. Or you can just buy one, uh, one of the other ones for like eight bucks. Here's one that is not that variant, but you know, eight dollars. So hmm. that's shipped. I thought $8 PS2 shipped. games were expensive, and you're telling me that a PS2 classic is eight dollars, Johnny. That seems yeah. This guy's got it with a memory card in there too for eight bucks. Wow. Yep. We're truly living in the golden days, and we don't even realize it. I know. There's so many good games you can buy for under $10. It's like we did an episode all about it. <laughs> all right, Johnny, I've Anyways, got... That's uh, all I've got. I've got a last one here that is, I think, pretty interesting. Because uh, it is one of my favorite games. Uh, and it has an amount of historic importance. But not as much. Braid for the PC, Johnny. Um, oh, you mean that Xbox exclusive? That Xbox Live <laughs> Arcade game. That probably cost like Buy ten dollars because it was two thousand eight, and we were like, mm. "Man, this is a good game. It's ten dollars." Did uh, you wind up watching the indie indie game, the movie? Or I whatever? didn't watch indie game, the movie, even though yeah. I love Jonathan Blow. But I was told that he's a dick by someone. Was it Stefan that told me he's a dick? Nope, I don't know who that is. That okay. was uh, me, the creator of Braid. Oh, was it you who told me he's a dick? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. people did not like him. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's been I know a few people who have interacted with him personally and it was it was non-favorable experiences that may he may have been having a bad day anything could have happened but uh multiple multiple instances no positive reports all of his game design philosophies are so good though johnny yeah i'm separating the the art from the artist here (laughs) yeah except he kind of knows it and talks about how smart he is and now everyone else does he's such an asshole. Oh man. Yeah. He, I've seen like his very, GDC talks and stuff. Oh. He's very fond of his own ideas. If you are a youngin and you don't know what Braid is, uh Braid is a puzzle platformer game where the puzzles are based around rewinding time. Uh so uh 
uh, an example would be like there's an enemy that will move that isn't affected by time and you have to jump and rewind time and then that enemy keeps on moving while you're rewinding time and you like do a precise jump off him to make a jump or something i don't know i can't describing yeah, brain puzzles is probably hard no it's just watch a youtube video it, it's uh it's mario it's mario meets time puzzles is kind of what i like to describe it as yes and uh and uh, it's it's so good. It was so good. And then that guy started talking about it <laughs> and it made me so much less interested in Braid. And then he started to explain like his big story and how people didn't get it. And now like when he gets into his misunderstood artist bit, it's just like, fuck out of here, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I don't care. Uh, you made me enjoy your thing less. Congratulations. Uh, You're a true artist. Just now. so you know, Braid is being remastered and it's supposed to have the most extensive director's commentary of any game ever. So do you want to listen oh. to him talk about how great his game is for hours, Johnny? I have never been less interested in a game ever. <laughs> and Braid to me is like uh, a nearly perfect game. It is so good. It's like, like Braid is like a 9.8 you know, in game world, like if I'm getting a reviewer, it's like so close to perfect. But then you hear the, uh, the creator talk, you hear him talking. I'm like, yeah, it's like a four. <laughs> so, uh, uh, just to more about braid the, uh, like it, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. I feel like it's like five or six hours long. And then every it hour that long, even it, it might not even be that long. And then every, every once in a while, like the time mechanics just completely change. So it's not just like the same kind of puzzle every time. Uh, which is something Jonathan Blow is super good at. The interesting thing about Braid for the PC is that Jonathan Blow, artistic weird guy, does not believe in physical media. So people have heckled him, well, not heckled him, they've bothered him to make physical releases of things like Braid and The Witness. And he's been like, he he says like, people who collect video games are fucking idiots. They just put plastic on their shelves and destroy the earth. Why would I put out a physical release of my game? We live in the future of digital distribution where everything is amazing now. What's wrong with these people? He's very against physical releases. So there is no physical release of The Witness, which is a tragedy. And there's no Xbox release of Braid. But there's a mumbo jumbo who's a PC publisher who put out a budget release of Braid, and it's like the kind of game that you would find in a Walmart, and you can get them sealed for like 10, 15 bucks on eBay. Yeah, but he did all these talks which got published, and they <laughs> now introduced physical media into the world. He did this movie which made a bunch of bad DVDs and uh, sit in trash bins. He should have just let his game done all the talking for him. God, that fucking guy. He is a fucking Witness, a game I did not play, even though I heard great things about it, because he made it. That's how much I can't listen to this guy talk. In a time where I was pretty not interested in modern games, The Witness was like my number one hyped game for like two straight years. I was so excited for that game. I and was very excited. And then like literally, like I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be so good. And then like I hear more and more. And I'm just like, I oh man, I don't I don't want this guy to have any of my monies. So there's a lot of I was going to say, I would like to deliver my last game and then I have to bow out for the rest of the podcast. Okay. All right. Deliver it. Uh, This one blew our minds while we were doing research for this episode. Uh, Guys, blow your mind. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Wii is under $10. Yeah, that'll stay cheap forever. Yeah, it won't stay cheap forever. There's. (laughs) Someone will buy out all of the Zelda games one day. 
Yeah. I can't believe this game is $10. Yeah. Like we just sat here going like, like checked multiple sources and like, yep, it's actually selling for $10. Uh, so that's a thing. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't even know where to go with this. What, honestly, where it's, to say uh, there's a Zelda game that you can buy for under $10. If you don't have it, also, it's uh, I don't care what Skyward Sword costs. Twilight Princess is one of the ten out of ten for ten dollars Zelda games. Uh, not just like a bullshit Zelda game, and the Wii version's really good. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Skyward Sword garbage. Twilight Princess great. I man, people are playing that Skyward Sword remake, and I see so many people like I don't understand why people say this game is garbage. Like maybe they fixed the controller. The, the motion controls. Uh, just that game has so many so issues bad. besides the controls. What's uh, wrong with how you people? How about it's 44 hour long tutorial and the way it obnoxiously interrupts you when you try to do anything or you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the surface world. And then it's like, I think I should talk to you right now and interrupt. You're just like, <laughs> bitch, I just want to get to the bottom. Okay. Like, go uh, do some shit. Please stop talking to me. I mean, my favorite part of Skyrosaur is really the overworld, the, uh, the blank space you fly to in between loading zones. Yeah, it's like they took all of what was awful about Wind Waker, the sailing, and they're like, let's put that in the sky and make it more obnoxious. Cool. You know what that could use? More tutorials. How, how do we how do we get more more interrupting you playing the game and make it like terrible? Also, terrible sound effects just like through the whole game. The art design is so anything. good, though, Johnny. Man, Skyward Sword is a beautiful yes. game. It is beautiful, but like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, don't interrupt me playing your beautiful game. Stop doing that. It's obnoxious. You're like, I'm just trying to play. And then like, I'm telling you, the sound effect, anytime Link takes any damage, it is so stupid. No, no. He's like, shut up. That just shut means you up. should get this good. Worst sound. Just don't, uh, don't take damage. Done. Oh, just turn off the sound. Just eliminate <laughs> an element of the game. Also, the because the controls are so stupid and clunky, you are going to take damage. <laughs> That's true. All right, boys. Uh, enjoy your evening. Audience, enjoy your evening. I have a six-year-old to get to bed, and uh, I will see y'all around. Real quick, before you go, Stefan. Hey, what yeah. games did you buy? None? Uh, I bought some board no. games. It was all board no. games. No, bought lots care. of board games, actually. Bye! Bye! <laughs> Uh, Johnny, I will point out for our audience, there are a ton of Wii variants of Twilight so Princess. Uh, you want to be looking at the UPC on the back for the five digits, and you want the 0000, 000, 000, 000 variant, if you want that hot first print, which cannot be rare by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe sealed, who knows? Um, just because I was there when the Wii came out, Johnny, and holy crap, did everybody buy Zelda. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, the rarest one is probably the Nintendo Select one. Like, just, and it's got different, like, that stupid, ugly Select stuff over it. Even though I think the Nintendo Select stuff on the Wii probably, look. I mean, like, visually, it's a lot better than a lot of um, Nintendo's value ta value titles. Because no, they really I, did. I hate it. Like, the GameCube ones being the worst. I think I would take the the gaudy yellow over the red trying to dress it up. I, just like the Nintendo selects, it feels like it's like it's a badge of honor, but it's uh, but it's the budget label. It's weird. I don't know. 
I don't like yeah, them. Yeah, they make the they make the box art smaller too, right? That yeah, they do. Uh, it, it does it does the PC thing. Like, hey, you like that image? Well, I put it in a tiny box for you. You're like, well, you could have just left it the same size. It looked really nice. Yeah, but you liked it so much, I made it smaller. I think like, the uh, SNES thing is fine. It is uglier, clearly uglier, but it gets the point across. And if you glanced at a game, you wouldn't immediately be like, oh, my God, what is this horrible creation in front of me? You know, see, I like the badge on the Super Nintendo ones, the ones that are on uh, the side of the boxes, because then when you have the side out, like it looks like consistent and nice together. Yeah, I mean, like, they were thinking about you when they did that. They were like, oh, yeah, someone's going to want to collect that full Player's Choice set one day. Yeah, it looks good all together. Uh, you know what Nintendo wasn't thinking? That someone would want to collect the full Switch set because the sides of those cases are just total yeah, I mean, it's they, they, do put the, they do put a little ribbon on the side, too, on that one to let you know that you've got a... a oh, that you're a poor person. Man, That's they really just got nice. to stick it to you. No, it's not me doing it. They're the ones that are like, oh, if you're say, buying Nintendo Selects, you're, you're poor. Let's make sure to put that on your spine. So anyone visiting your house knows you bought Twilight Princess, the Nintendo Selects version. Or maybe they're like, man, this system has been around for five years now. And that game we no longer print. Let's like reprint it. So these new people who came into the market have something that they can they can play too. Like there was these great games we aren't selling anymore. Let's re-release them. But hey, they were out there for so long. They could have bought a used copy, but they didn't. So let's, uh, let's cut them a discount. Yeah. Let's like, no, call it the game of the year edition. That is equally non-desirable to collectors, but it seems like a better deal and doesn't totally ruin your game. Well, I think the game of the year convention was... Uh, I think that convention came out after that. Okay. Or maybe I guess concurrently. Anyways. I mean, Nintendo does Nintendo. Nintendo has never made a game of the year edition of anything. Have they, don't they don't need the accolades of others. They know they're the best. Yeah, that's true. They made Pikmin three. They sure did. Um, <laughs> and a few other games too, but yeah, <laughs> let's go with Pikmin three as our example. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your last one? Or was Braid? That was one? Braid. Go get oh, your uh, right. PC Braid, the only physical release of any Jonathan Blow game probably ever. And the okay. remastered one's coming out, so get it before then. I I have so many things I could talk about. There's so many games that you can go get. But like I, I didn't want to like completely just do the Johnny thing. So um, let, let's talk about a game that uh, no one's ever heard of. Okay? Okay. Never heard of this game. Are you ready? Are are you ready? I I'm I'm waiting for it. Okay, I'm not sure which one I should say. I'm debating, so I'm I'm stalling. I hope it's There's Resident so Evil many... Five. I love that game. <laughs> uh, it's it it is Resident Evil Five and Six on the PS3 where they came. Are out you not joking? So, I'm not joking. Oh, I'm in. Resident Evil Five is so much fun. I've never yeah, played Six. You, I don't know anything. Yes, yeah. You can get Five and Six, and you should. Um, for under 10 bucks now on the PS3. Yes, they've been re-released into hell, but these are the first prints. Like, go... Like, if history has taught us nothing about the games, go get the first prints. And just more games like this that we could just talk about that are in the same vein. Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. Like, what are you doing? Bioshock. Fallout 3. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Batman Arkham City. Just, there's so many. So many Lego games. There's so many. Like, Final Fantasy 12. 
just what are you doing? The, what every, are you doing? Go buy the, these now. Well, <laughs> just says Johnny to an audience of people who have all of these games. That's what I'm saying. But if you don't, I'm saying if you've if you've been like, oh, I don't like, I didn't really love that game, and you're a collector, right? There are plenty yeah. of games out there. That I'm like, oh, I wasn't like super into that, so maybe I'm not gonna buy it. But like, I don't love Fallout Three, but I'm gonna make sure I have the first print of Fallout Three. You know, Modern Warfare Two. You may not be a COD person, like, but go get those because they're easy to get right now. Just go get them all. Like, if you find these for like five to seven, five to seven those. Uncharted. Everyone should have Uncharted. It's just Uh, one of the best. Uncharted Two. You want the one that says five out of five stars in the bottom center of the case. That's the first print of one of the greatest games that has ever graced this earth. But the Game of the Year edition has different art, which I like better. So good. I thought about I collecting love- all the Uncharted 2 variants, but like you start looking at it and there's like 20 so of them. Many. It's too much. I I I don't I think collecting all of them, but you could like collect the major like getting the game of the year edition, which has clearly different cover art, I think is a, a worthy one to have. They've got like multiple cardboard slipcover versions of Uncharted 2. So good. Uncharted 2 is so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um like and as we talked about last time, yeah, I guess I bought that Skyrim because it was five dollars on Xbox. Yeah, go buy your Skyrim if you don't have it. Uh, this is like one of the ones where you're like, well, it's five dollars, and I only have the Xbox. I might as well pick up the PlayStation version. That's the kind of stuff that this is. The There's first just a lot of, of Skyrim come with that higher quality map. In the top left of the back of the box, there'll be a little black badge that says something. That's how you find a first print of Skyrim. There you go. Anyway, that's on PC. That's mine. I, Xbox. I talked about way more than five, and you keep calling this a ten for ten, but we only did five each. I mean, I we definitely did more Uh, than five. No, it was ten out of tens, like perfect games for ten dollars. It was a good episode idea that we kind of followed, almost not. I mean, Bubsy's definitely a ten out of ten. I, you know, that was like a really interesting one. Like, if I was rating the the best one, uh, like Bubsy, the sticker variant, because it's linked to that court case. That's so cool. I think that's a cool one. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Glad I got. I glad I did something for you. Yes. All right, Tyler. Um, since I'm talking to the only guy on the show, uh, besides myself, who buys games, uh, what would you buy? Oh no, shit! We almost did it. We almost forgot our collector's question. Do you have a collector's question for us? Okay, I've got a collector's question. If you want to ask the podcast the thing, you could join our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/CollectorsQuest and give us money to join our Discord. And then you can ask a question in the Discord channel, and we'll get to it eventually. We're still in questions from early September. Uh, We're getting around to it. Zeno asks, if you could go back in time, what would you buy and how? How would you acquire stadium events or Outback Joey, for example? Uh, With money? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, how far back in time am I going? Like, if I'm going I mean, back are, to... Are we doing this thing where, like, we're right now, we go back in time, and we live in this credit card world, and our new money won't be there, so we have to devise a way in which to get enough money to buy these things, and then put in a locked box, and then go back to the future, and then collect uh, collect our tr- treasure? Like, what is that what we're doing here? I mean, famously, Stadium Events was 29 cents in a certain Funko Land uh, sales sheet. But also, yes. like with the knowledge I have now, I'm not buying stadium events and no. Joey. I'd literally, I'd go to Toys R Us and go get a, a Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> really, that's what you would do, right? What would you do if I was doing it? Just I for would the put money in game? Apple. What? 
I would like put would money in Apple. Put everything in Apple. Yeah, obviously that is a much better idea than assuming you could keep a Super Mario Brothers in mint condition for forty years or whatever. Yeah. So if you're asking me what game I would that I didn't acquire that I would port from the past to now, I mean it would be like if I could go back. Like I, I have this really interesting thing. I, I like. Going back in the past would be the worst thing that ever happened to me. I, I don't want to go back in the past. I don't want to change anything. I wouldn't want to mess anything up. I, I like my life very much, and I wouldn't want anything to change. And that includes all the things I missed out on. Those those moments are important. And I think people forget that the things you miss out on help shape you and, and create the person you are now. So if you like yourself, um, you know, and, or and if you don't, you should learn to and accept the things that you missed. Um, but yeah, th- those moments uh, create part of the infrastructure of yourself, you know, uh, and your sense of self. So I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't go want to go around and muck around with that. If I could just take one archaic item from the past, sure. I, I mean, I would take a stadium event because I have a Mario. Like it's, you know, that it's it's hard because if it's just monetary value, it's just like, why am I not? betting on a world series or you know and then taking all like a a, mi- a minor bet in the world series nothing so incriminating but to get enough money that i can put a really heavy investment into any of these great things these biopharmaceutical companies and apple and all these other tech companies that are still around you know or just play the long game and uh you know put money in a bank account you know in 1908 and then let it collect interest and like see what compound interest does over over a hundred years and just let your mind be blown there's you know it's hard to say like that Uh, like if i could go back in the past there's so many more things i would want to see things that people don't have good answers to that's that's what i'd be going back i'm like oh when was this actually released that's that's the kind of stupid shit i would (laughs) be doing with the time time machine shit you could do with your time yeah you still have limited time you still your lifespan is still gonna run out and you're gonna be like i wonder when did uh, Mazen Saga come out on the Sega Genesis? We don't have an exact release date for that. But that's but that's the kind of stuff I'm interested. In. Like that's the stuff that's unknowable, right? Like uh, you just don't have a good answer or stuff people fight about. It's like, oh, it's like oh, like or any of the big mysteries. Like I'd be there at the car crash when uh, you know Marilyn Monroe and died and kennedy like that crash i'd like i'd want to see exactly what happened uh you know be on the grass you know the fuck? that's a the time machine if you give me a time machine i'm gonna go do stuff that it's not it's not for my monetary value it's gonna be for my knowledge i want to know things okay that's a great sentiment Zeno. i'm telling you i would want to be idle rich 100 percent. i want to be idle rich i'm buying apple amazon and bitcoin um but the things i would actually buy so uh I like uh, even like all right, so I'll buy Super Mario Brothers and and all the expensive games and whatever. But um, and I wouldn't go for the rare stuff. I'll go for the stuff that's like the most common stuff. That's like oh my god, Mario Kart sixty four is twenty thousand dollars now. Um, but uh, baggy PC games, just old PC games in general, is stuff I've been trying Mystery to find House. now. Mystery and House, let's do it. The stuff like Mystery House, there are these PC collectors. And they literally have fucking everything. And there aren't even, there's like maybe some scraps for the rest of us to fight over. And it's crazy. You'll like the Mystery House collector will have 12 different versions of Mystery House. And one like bad variant of Mystery House comes up. And there's like a dog pile of people trying to spend thousands of dollars to get that one bad variant of it. Um, There's just stuff that you can't get even if you have money. So. 
I would uh, do better about collecting the rare computer stuff earlier because now I just can't find it. Um, okay. Benny G asks, do you guys care about wireless controllers slash extensions for your systems or do you play near the TV? Sitting on the ground or carpet in front of the TV makes me feel better about life. I mean, I can see why he was he's like that from a nostalgia perspective, but no, no, man. Like, if I have a nice wireless controller, please give me I'm old. I'm old and I'm firmed. My back is bad. I want to sit on the floor. No, God, no. I saw friends who do it, and I, I, mm-mm. Uh, controller extensions and wireless controllers all day for me. Uh, I've I've recently switched my main PC controller to the latest Xbox controller, um, so now it uses AA battery. It might not be the latest Xbox controller, whatever it's called, but it uses AA batteries still. And now my batteries run out. Like I'm always in the middle of some game, and I always die, and it frustrates the hell out of me because I'm so used to wired controllers. I hate it, Johnny. Um, but it's still probably convenient enough that I wouldn't switch back to wired. As far as the older stuff, um, I always use controller extensions. I also sit very close to the TV, but I mean, usually the built-in cables are so goddamn short. Like you're supposed to basically be sitting in front of the console pulled out in your living room. Um, and I like having everything nicely packed away on like a media console. So I, I, four score is the best NES accessory that was ever made because it's a first party controller extension. Just like I, I, just the scenes of like my Nintendo pulled all the way out, the wires fully extended and taut, you know, and the controller cord taut as like, and I'm only eight feet away from the TV. Right. Like, <laughs> I just want to lean back in my recliner, Johnny. I, I'm. If with, I'm playing games and being lazy. Yep. Um. Also, you know, with a dog and kids and all that, and like, how many times in your life did like you lose progress and like something that was harder. You did something amazing and it was just wiped out because someone kicked the cord and the cords were so taut. They were definitely going to pop out because there was no slack. No, uh, uh-uh. I don't need that in my life. Don't want to deal with that. Yep. All right, Johnny. Uh, let's do it. Buying, playing. What What are you buying? What are you playing? What am I buying? Um, man, what am I buying right now? I'm buying so much dumb stuff. What are you buying? Oh, I'm gonna hold on. I'm I'm I have to pull it up. I'm, I apologize. I I have bought a bunch of dumb stuff, but I we also talked not so long about not so long ago about stuff we bought. I have. Hey, I, I got a Marvel Ultimate Alliance with uh, a code. Oh, so you were just trying to hype it up? This this podcast is what you're telling. No, I, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> Um, I, I bought Little Nemo, the continuing adventures of Little Nemo for the Game Boy Advance. Are you excited? The continuing. Wait, is that a sequel to the NES game? Uh, no, it's a, a sequel to the GBA game, which I didn't realize exists. And I didn't have on my list correctly. I was just like, there's Little Nemo. I'm like, wait a minute. This cover is not exactly the same. I'm like, what? This is a different game, and they both say Little Nemo on it, and then if you look in some small text, it says, The Continuing Adventure. So I was like, oh, man, I gotta buy Little Nemo. So, yeah, I bought The Continuing Adventures of Little Nemo, because you know I'm on that Disney hype train, buy all the Disney games always. Um, and then I bought from, and I, I don't want to get his name wrong. Let me, let me go to Instagram and make sure I get his name right. Because he's got a sales page, and people should check it out. And he, he was nice and he gave me some deals. So, um, do, do, do. 
O-O-B-G-A-R-M. Oobgarm. And he's got a... Okay. Is it not pronounced Oobgarm? Because I always pronounce it in my head, Oobgarm. I don't know how... I don't know what it is. I've, I say it, Oobgarm. So you say Oobgarm, I say Oob. Uh, I don't know what is right. You're probably right. I'm probably wrong. Um, anyways, he's got a claim sale page. You check him out. I bought some, some DS games from him, some 3DS games, um, like... You, you guys are going to really enjoy Shinobi for the 3DS. What a banger, right? Shinobi for the 3 Like, I can't even imagine what that is, because it's obviously not a port of the arcade game, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, one of these 3DS games. I bought Final Fight 1 for the GBA, just the cart, because I had the box and manual, and I realized I didn't have the cart. So <laughs> that was cool. I picked that up. I picked up the card. I'm like, yes, this is now complete. And the thing I really bought from him, like that I spent the money on, was the Yokai Watch games. I bought almost all of them. I'm missing one now, which he had, but I thought I had it, and then I didn't, and it sold. So, um, yeah, I'm missing one Yokai Watch game for the 3DS because I was just like, ah, these games are annoying and they're kind of expensive. I'm just gonna get them out of the way. And the coolest thing he gave me is he had the Back to the Bully special edition for PS2, the big box that's like shaped like a locker. He had that, and I don't have it, and he sent it to me, and that was totally awesome. Uh, just like he just threw that in a little little bonus gift for me because he likes the podcast. So thank you very much for that. That was. I was so excited to see that. I was like, oh man, this is so much better. My game is so much better now that it's got this little back piece on it. So, yeah. You're the best, Oobgarm. Yep. Um, what am I playing? Hey, still playing some Last of Us 2, but Metroid this weekend, Tyler? Oh. All right, yeah, remind me. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah, that's what I'm buying. That's what I'm playing. Uh, John, I don't know if I've played anything. I played Pogo Stuck, but no one cares or know what that knows what that is. Do you know what Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy is? No. All right, you're too old for these games, Johnny. It's uh, a very hard platformer where it's a uh, it's a single world that's just one level, and the object is to get to the end. But the controls are intentionally just like super weird and bad, and the kids love it. This was a big streaming thing like a couple years ago. People loved watching people try to beat this game. <laughs> um. Anyway, I played one of those games. That's all I could think of that I played. What I got, though, Johnny, I got a Pong C100 console. Which you have is... been posting some obscure stuff on, on your Oh, uh, I've been posting good stuff on the Instagram. Good stuff. It is good stuff. Stuff you don't see every day. I love it. Uh, so the, the first uh, Atari Home Pong is the C100. It sold like over a million. There's a billion of them out there. Really hard to find one in nice shape. Uh, the cardboard is just super flimsy, and the console is bigger and heavier than it looks. Uh, unfortunately, not a first print, which I figured out what a first print Pong console was at some point. There's like there's like styrofoam variants, packaging variants, serial number variants, because they made a million of them. So there's obviously a lot of variants. I, I just wanted to get one in nice shape. Now that I have one in nice shape, I will worry about going finding a first print, which I didn't write down, so I have to figure out what it is again. Um, I got like the original... What? I said, that sounds like a mistake. That sounds like something that I would do. Uh, I got the original Age of Empires and Age of Empires 2. I was a uh, Command and Conquer person in the 90s. I don't know anything about Age of Empires, but it feels like those are important games I should have. And Johnny, I got a first print of Castle Wolfenstein for the Apple II. 
Which, yeah, that uh, one looked pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet, I think. Um, yeah, so I, I thought so too. I agree. I don't know the history of stealth games. So like the back of a napkin history of stealth games is like Castle Wolfenstein, then Metal Gear. Um, I, so it's probably not the first game with stealth mechanics, but it's the first popular one with stealth mechanics. Um, the first print is on the Apple II, and it comes with a, an orange manual in a baggie. Afterwards, I believe there is a purple manual in a baggie. Then there's a blue manual for the Atari 400 that comes in a baggie, and then they switched over to boxed versions. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was huh. uh, it was expensive. I was the only bidder, but when I see something like this now, I'm just like, you know, forget it. I've Literally, I, I know not everything is going to go up forever, but I have never regretted buying something uh, instead of trying to wait for a price to come down, so... That's just YOLOing it. Just YOLO everything. I mean, pretty much. Uh, also for the children out there, Castle Wolfenstein is a different game from Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> Something uh, I didn't know until like maybe the past couple years. I didn't think that Castle Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein 3D were related. I thought that id Software just cribbed the name Wolfenstein. But apparently, uh, I the IP transferred over to them somehow. So Wolfenstein 3D is an actual sequel to Castle Wolfenstein, which I honestly had no idea. I thought they just stole it. Huh. Yep. Uh, yeah, I would have imagined they were connected, but I don't. I don't have any knowledge of any of it. So uh, that you want to play? Oh, okay, so instead of Metroid, you want to play some Castle Wolfenstein? I don't uh, think it's very long. Um, no, you know, I've actually played Caf Castle Wolfenstein on the PC. I played it at an internet cafe where you could play, uh, there, there was people who were like, there was like a land setup for that. And that was one of the games you could go play. And, uh, yeah, I was like, that looks kind of like fun. And then mind you, I'm not very good with the mouse, especially back then and got destroyed and it wasn't any fun. And I wasted like $8. So yeah, that was. What are you? This is like an Apple II game. It's a two D top down. Oh, is, uh, is that now? Which one? I, oh, which one am I thinking of? Isn't there one? It might that's be like, Wolfenstein three D, but I don't think most Wolfenstein people played that 3D. with a mouse. Huh? Was it Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Maybe I. Th I was pretty sure it was a Wolfenstein. It wasn't Doom. I, kn I know it wasn't Doom. Hmm. What am I thinking of then? I don't Wolfenstein know. Wolfenstein okay, Enemy Territory. Del delete all of that. I, you know what? Oh, I don't want to delete everything delete you just all that. said. Johnny doesn't know what the <laughs> hell he's talking about. I don't want to play Castle Wolfenstein, but if you want to put yourself on video, I will watch you play Castle Wolfenstein. No, that's weird. I'm not putting myself on video for you, Jim. Why? Uh, that's weird. You know what? I'll just play Metroid with you. And I think I'm going to start Ultima 4. Because I've been buying a lot of Ultima games, and it feels weird that I buy all these games with, and I've only played two of them in the series, so I want to play more. Okay. Just, uh, look, if you can justify getting that Ultima 6 if you just play it. All right, I already did. We'll talk about it next week when it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad. I'm glad we get to talk about it. All right. All right, that's it. We did it. I think we did the show. Hooray! It's you over. You already mentioned the Patreon. Hey, uh, what you missed out on the Patreon is uh, we had a little gift exchange. That's going to be exciting. We do some fun things over there. Go check that out. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. You got anything else? You want to tell us just where people can find you? Uh, I'm on the Video Game Sage and Instagram. I'm defaultgen, default G-E-N. Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram and our Patreon 
And uh, it's either Johnny or Johnny underscore Ayuchi. That's how you can find me. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. That is our show. Harada for this week. I said Altair 8080. The actual microcomputer's name is the Altair 8800. If you caught that, you can stop listening to Collector's Quest. We will never have anything to teach you. Thank you to 8-Bit for our amazing intro music. 8-Bit has a new album out. The Time Shift Paradox. It's an electronic chiptune album. I am really bad at describing music. He describes it as what happens when a soldier from 2057 and an Apache warrior from 7085 collide. Just go listen to it for yourself on apebit.bandcamp.com. And thank you to our patrons, Richard Patron number one, Bowden, Canadian Variant Alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jaxvik, High End Collector, Andrew Brim, 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre, Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president, Video games were meant to be slabbed. Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky. Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, the Strictly Limited Super Rare Bruno. Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, Too Many NES Accessories, Morozek. Johnny's GBA Hookup, Coffee with Mr. Saturn, Playing with Power, Connor Strange. The last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, Unpunched Hangtab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, Man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, the actual Shinobi, Jasonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy, Ferris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, the Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo. I forgot, I, dude, I forgot you for like one or two weeks, I'm sorry. Patreon, oh man, Patreon relationship manager is just not good if you want to give nicknames to people. I keep track of all this crap separately. Anyway, that's the Fleo on Instagram. Super cool Nintendo dude who knows everything. Not really. We have frequent conversations about the despair that we will never know everything about Nintendo games. But it won't stop us from trying. Lance Lord Hardstyle Z! The Degenerate, Matt Fall, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here! Funko Land employee, platform agnostic, the Famicom Box retro game enthusiast, video game connoisseur who knows they're better than modern games, the Fuzzy, Sean, the Gamer Collective, the Newcraft who can beat Mega Man without the pause trick, previously unknown variant, Tim Walker, from the internet, Todd Fisher, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, The Millennium, Will Joe, Keeper of the Zelda variant, Zero X Death Code, getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't, all caps, What a 9.8, Benji, the actually rare Bird Dog Gaming, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. Dropping the Mario 64 penguin off the map. Brandon Chacker, still finding deals in 2021 somehow. Colton Murphy, a winner is him. David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show. Don Libby, the hero of time, actually understands the Zelda timeline. Jeff Pierce, he is error. Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk. Jim Jacobs, world record holder of best collection. Joe actually plays his game champ, Pity. 
video game art collector because video games are art, Justin Chichio, lateral movement who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up, Michael posting in the Discord right now, Chiara Monty, Nick the Video Game Database Morgan, Homebrew Mastermind Divertov, the other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games, Dungeon Master Reed Stubinick, the promoter, Retro RPG Podcast, Tom Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, Zaventori, and he knows all 97 Nintendo games, Andrew actually collecting Engage O, B Nugs! B Nugs! Chesno, all your base are belong to him, Colby, he is Sinistar, Corhagen does what Nintendo don't, Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon, the Modern Database, Danny Gomez, The Philatelist, Dork Overlord, My Childhood PlayStation Idol, Game-Rave.com, Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon, Collector of Everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, Sam, Sega Mark III Marks, and Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix. Thank you guys so much. People say that I should, like, just cut, cut everyone's name up, and then when new people come to the, the Patreon, just paste them in somewhere in there. When someone leaves the Patreon, just, just cut them out. Like, first of all, that would probably be more work than just reading off everyone's names at the end of every episode. Second, like, if you're the person who actually just sat through me just reading out names for four minutes, like, you, I've ruined the end of the show for you, because... You want to hear the, the sweat and blood that goes into me reading all these names at the end of these episodes. It just becomes a pre-recorded thing. Who cares? Just, just wasting everyone's time at that point. I thought about putting like a tidbit that I learned from the week, like right at the end, like hear what you're listening to right now. Like if anyone actually got through all the Patreon names without shutting off the podcast. But then that would just be more work I have to do than every episode. I have to think of like an interesting tidbit so people would want to listen to all the Patreon names. And I mean, I guess the last reason is most people are just here to hear me say be nugs uh, every week. Be nugs. If you ever stop being a patron, we're just going to cancel the segment. <laughs>